Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? Uh, We are back for another episode of the podcast. Uh, Just want to give a quick shout out, as always, to our awesome sponsors. Uh, Firstly, a big uh, thank you to the guys at Nobby Underwear. Uh, you can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au uh, and you can join the Undie Club for just $20 a month. Um, I talk about it all the time. I'm a massive fan and I just got my new uh, Nobbies in the mail yesterday. Uh, every month it's like a new design and it's it's not the same style either, which is like one of the things that I like the most. Um, a lot of variety and I sort of had like a bit of a moment the other day, like I was going to training and I was just putting on my white gear very plain very boring and i took some solace in the fact that i knew that i had some uh pretty larry loud out there undies going on underneath so even though i was forced to just wear uh tidy whitey pajamas while i trained jujitsu um i was able to feel like i still at least look cool um even though it wasn't wasn't on the outside it was just on the inside um but yeah so uh the quality is insane um we've had a a ton of people now that have joined um and it's really cool the the conversations that i do get going of people that will uh dm me on instagram be like dude i've got the undies and i just wanted to get them to support the show but they are like really as good as you say uh which is that's best case scenario for me doing the whole advertising thing uh here on the podcast uh, secondly, I uh, just want to give a huge shout out to the guys at Boost Mobile. Uh, boost.com.au is where you are going to go uh, and you're going to look at their awesome uh, plans. They've just released a new plan, uh, which is like a 12 month thing. Um, so you can get like a six month or a 12 month, which means like if you're an international traveler, um, you don't lose your prepaid number after a couple of months and then you've got to kind of start the process over again. Uh, so that's something that I wish I did when I was living in the US because I used to come back and forward all the time uh, and it felt like I was having to go and get a new number every single time I uh, come into the country. It got super frustrating. Um, so these new 12-month plans are awesome uh, or if you've got kids, you don't want to be doing the recharge thing every month. Uh, they still come with boost uh, trademark ridiculous amount of data um, and again it's on the full 4G Telstra network so you're not going to have any coverage issues uh, so yeah boostmobile.com 
uh, sorry, at boost.com.au uh, and then at Boost Oz on the gram. Uh, it's at Nobby Underwear on the gram as well. You give those guys a follow. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, so my guest today is a good friend of mine by the name of Ryan Gambin. Um, I've known Ryan a couple of years now. actually met him through Sam. Um, he's a strength and conditioning coach um, at KDV Sport here on the Gold Coast, but he's also an Olympian. Um, went to the Olympics in uh, Beijing to represent Malta, and in doing so, he became the first Maltese Olympian ever. Um, it's a really, really, really cool story. Um, I actually had Ryan on the podcast a couple months ago, uh, and then we had some problems with the video file. Uh, the audio was all there and everything, but with the video wasn't. I was like, oh, I just I don't want to put it out, not 100%, so let's do it again. Uh, I'm glad we did it again because... I, I left that last one with like, oh, I wish I said this, I wish I asked this, I wish I asked that. Um, I think I was a little bit more thorough this time with the Olympic stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Ryan made the time to come on again. Um, his training views, his diet views, there's, there's a lot of info in, uh, in this podcast and I'm really, really glad that uh, Ryan made the time to do uh, a 1.2 episode with us. Um, so yeah, no more of me talking. Uh, Gypsy Tales featuring Ryan Gambin. When you've got your headphones on, mate, we'll um, hook in. Ryan Gambin is back for part two of his <laughs> Gypsy Tales podcast because there's like, there was just some weird technical error that happened with the um, the video camera. Just like I was saying, it just like wouldn't sync up. Yeah. Technically, everything was right. So I just was, well, I'm like, well, I don't know how to fix this now. Like so all the shit again. that could be wrong. Uh, that, that could be wrong isn't wrong but it's not working so I was like I don't know what the fuck to do so anyway we got you back for round two um, of uh, your podcast which 1.2 1. 1. 1. 1. 1.2 I don't know what two. yeah I don't know what we'd even call it but it's like well we got to have a we did a pre-podcast that we didn't record essentially we had the heat well the audio is there too but like I could have put it out with the audio um, but I was like nah you're too good looking of a dude Thanks, man. <laughs> Got to get you in the video. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ryan is a strength and conditioning coach at KDV Sports here on the Goldie, mm. uh, and also a Olympic, a former Olympic swimmer. Um, so for a lot of people, that comes as a surprise with your build and yeah. your the tattooed nature of yourself. Yeah, it's a common occurrence where uh, people might see the Olympic rings that I have tattooed on my back mm. and then they'll just make an assumption that it was like wrestling or, or weightlifting or something and then they think I'm stitching them up if I tell them that I went for swimming but um, I guess it was swimming because it's such a solid work ethic that comes with being a swimmer um, I think that's the reason why I, I got to build the physique that I built because it was the same kind of work ethic that I had from training, you know, two times a day, two to three hours a session um, and just that grind. So it wasn't much for me to just channel that energy back into the gym and then start, you know, when I first got into the gym, I think like a lot of people, you know, you, you see bigger guys and go, oh man, I just, I want to get bigger. Um, and that was my initial kind of thing with the gym. I'm like, oh cool, I want it to look like I go to the gym, yeah. you know, like that was my, I remember that was like my initial goal. I just wanted it, wanted to look like I went to the gym because I was obviously like an 80, 85 kilo swimmer physique. Um, and then I guess just my work ethic and my, my sort of grinding mentality just, you know, helped me train and, and channel that energy into training the gym. But uh, physique sort of training has never ticked the box for me 
completely, mm. you know, like I, I always had that athletic nature in me. So, and I guess that resonates in my training style, particularly these days where uh, I don't get that sense of achievement just from pumping up the guns, you know, like I, I want to still be able to perform really well. Mm. Yeah, and you can see that for anyone that follows you on Instagram, it's very. You look like more of a dude that's training for like a strongman competition than a guy that's training for, uh, like just to look good. Yeah, well, in my mind, you know what? One of the one of my favorite quotes uh, when I went and I was sort of doing my research on CrossFit back in the days. You know, like I don't yeah. like I don't like to make an opinion on anything until I'm educated on it. So. You know, when CrossFit first came out, the industry norm was kind of like the bodybuilding style of training. Yeah. And everyone was really, or sorry, my crowd that I was with was really sort of resistant against the CrossFit thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I decided I'll, I'll go do the course. So I'll learn a little bit more about it. And uh, one of the guys there, I said to him, I said, so, you know, why do you train like this? Like, why do you do CrossFit? And his answer was, I just want to be harder to kill. That's pretty sick. And I was like, you know what? No, I like that answer. Makes so, sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And I, I kind of give the example of, you know, like bodybuilders doing um, pull-ups. Yeah. You know, so bodybuilders will do pull-ups to engage the lats and make sure they're using their back to squeeze out the muscle, you know, and feel the lats. Where CrossFitters will do a kip and, and use momentum to help them get up. And bodybuilders will go, oh, no, that's cheating. That's not how you do a pull-up. You know, no. you're, not, you're not engaging your lats. Um, but a CrossFit all go, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm just in my head, I'm training to get up. Yeah. So if I had it, you know, in the real world, if I had a dog chasing me or something, or I've got to run away for something and pull up, I'm not going to do a strict pull up. I'm actually going to get yeah. up. And, uh, I kind of meshed both mentalities and I just do whatever I feel like, you know, I like being, I obviously like being big and strong, but I, I really get that sense of achievement out of being athletic as well. Is that like, I've never been a dude that's been like big or strong, really. And I always, I like, I've often wondered when I look at a dude like you, like you're a big fucking dude, you're a powerful <laughs> dude. Like is day to day life different from when you're a sw- in, in terms nah, of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like even opening a fucking van door, like <laughs> the shit that is like, it's not heavy to me, but I'm sure to you, it doesn't even feel like anything. I've always wondered that. Well, I don't know, man. Cause I, uh, you know, I've only got me to compare it to. So yeah, but when like, you were like a swimmer, like 88 kilos, it would have been different, right? Well, 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 the thing that comes to my mind is when, see, currently I'm, I'm 120 kilos and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my physique. I'm happy with my weight. I'm happy with the way that I move. Um, when I was doing more MMA and, and jujitsu, um, I, and, and I was competing, I got up to 132 kilos Fuck. and I thought I was big and muscly, but now I look back and I was pretty fat. So, uh, I remember those days, like 132 kilos is pretty big. Yeah. And, um, a, yeah. like I would struggle to put on my shoes and stuff like that. Really? So I'm not interested in getting back to that sort of stage again. I've got a little goal with myself. I don't let my, my waist, I wear 36, um, inch mm. pants or size 36 pants. So I make sure that they're never tight. <laughs> and then that's how I kind of keep myself in check. But it must, there must be some stuff that's like, you'd even notice that it's like way easier for you to do something than other people. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, it's hard to sort of compare myself to anyone else cause I live yeah, in my own body, yeah. but I'll tell you what pisses me off is, uh, when, you know, if I sell something on Gumtree, yeah. um, you know, I'll sell oh, like a table you to and they it. fucking look at me and they go, Oh sweet. You'll be able to help us. Uh, and they're like, Oh, you're big and strong. And I'm like, Oh dude, I'm big and strong because I train when I train. And then I rest. And I rest rest when I rest. So good luck to you, champ. I actually, these poor bastards, man, I had, 
Oh my God. I had um, Atlas stones. Do you know what Atlas stones are? No. So big concrete balls. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. dude, they went from uh, like probably 15 to 20 kilos. So a small one, just solid concrete stones, yeah. round stones. And uh, cause I had the molds. Mm. So, and then we poured the concrete into the molds and we made probably there would be, I think there was 13 or 14 of them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it started at 20 kilos and went all the way to 130 kilos. Right. And uh, if you know where, like my house, it's, there's no entry to the backyard where you can take a car. So these poor bastards had to pick them all up. And it was true. I'm not lying in case they're listening. I did have a back injury at the time. And I'm like, boys, you're oh, on yeah, your yeah. own. Um, best of luck. And uh, they were smart. They went and got a towel. And um, they, they rolled the Atlas stones on the towel. And then they both carried the uh, towel. Um, but I was like, man. And But people do that to me all the time if I'm selling like tables or chairs or something. They're like, oh, yeah, you can help us out. Dude, there's, something, there's something weird about Gumtree. Like even my next door neighbor... He was like selling some shit the other day and then they're like, oh, can you, uh, what's the best price I'm on a pension or what's the best price I'm a student or like every single fucking person has has like this weird little excuse. It's not just like, hey, I'm trying to buy this off. Yeah, right. Fuck it. And, and it was funny, like in, in the States they got uh, Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd always Craigslist shit. Yeah. And if it wasn't. Right, we just run this thing like everybody I knew we used to talk about it if it wasn't an iPhone you'd never sell it yeah right it was only the people with iMessage yeah that would actually buy shit why how's that work because I just think iPhones are expensive yeah and if like you could be messaging <laughs> uh-huh. you know what I mean yeah 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 because yeah, they don't yeah. have iMessage yeah and fuck bro it was almost like it was almost an infallible rule. Yeah. Like you could almost put money. So it wasn't coming from an iMessage, you know. If it wasn't it, coming yeah. from an iMessage, you would not sell it to that person. <laughs> Everyone that was a, it, if it was a green message, yeah. it was a time waster. It was a, it's a yeah, flat, avoid the green. Yeah. And it was green just a, doesn't mean go. Nah, it was a flat rule too, dude. Yeah, like right. it always works. So like, ah. Oh. And then when, because uh, I haven't really sold much shit since I've been here because I don't really have that much <laughs> shit. And, uh, and then, yeah, when James was talking about it, he's like, fucking this. And I was like, did they have my message? He's like, nah, they didn't. <laughs> I was just no like, way. I was like, well, that's how that fucking rule works. Yeah, right. But yeah, I always wondered, um, like, I always thought, like, man, one day, like, be sick to just get fucking as big as I could get <laughs> just to see if life yeah. would be It's any fun, different. man. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember going through that stage, um, like, I was a swimmer. You know, and I, I just, I guess I needed somewhere to direct my energy and focus and it was going to be swimming for another four years. And I guess we'll get into that later, but, um, yeah, I got a scholarship to do my cert three and cert four in fitness and just really just took that on as my new identity. Yeah. 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 So you were uh, the first Olympian for Malta. Yeah. Which yeah. is like a pretty crazy, crazy story. Yeah, uh, it's a crazy story. You want me to get into it? Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I was born and raised here in Australia. Um, my father's Maltese, my mother's Australian. Um, and so that makes me obviously half Maltese. And I believe like the Maltese Olympic Committee or, or people in Malta were following my swimming career because I was doing all right as I was coming through the ranks as a, as a kid and then getting into the sort of Australian Open divisions. And uh, they basically reached out to me. It was at a point at which where I was almost going to quit swimming in Australia because 
uh, sounds pretty harsh, but uh, I just wasn't being coached correctly. Mm. Um, and which, it, we, which later on you sort of found out. To well, be yeah, right. now I have yeah. the knowledge and the tools to to understand how and why I wasn't being coached correctly. So, yeah. um, I mean, I was a sprinter. So I was a, a 50 meter butterfly and a 100 meter butterfly. But my curse was I had a really good work ethic. Um, and, and I was, I was known as, you know, like just, just being able to train really hard. Um, and I guess all of my swimming coaches took that as a sign to just smash me and just see yeah. how far they could push me. Um, the other sort of double, the, the other side of the sword was, um, I was almost nationally renowned for dying at the end of my race. Mm. So it was really weird that I had this strong work ethic and I could train really hard. But you were out training everybody. Yeah, yeah, but I just couldn't last 100 meters. You know, I was dying at the 75 meter mark and that was really frustrating to obviously myself, but also my coaches. And their solution to that problem was, you're not fit enough for the 100 meter butterfly. Yeah. So we're going to train you for the 200 meter butterfly. And if you just leave it at that and don't know much about energy systems, you go, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, so if it can last 200 meters, then obviously the 100's going to be easy. Yeah. But the problem is, is like all sport and sport specificity, you need to practice your event. Yeah. And I wasn't practicing my event because in the 200 meter butterfly, the energy system's completely different. The speed that you swim is completely different. Even down to the technique of your stroke ends up being completely different. Yeah. So basically for a lot of the years of my training, I was not practicing the event that I wanted to race. Yeah. And it's a really funny story because I got to the point where I was getting so frustrated with my coaches here in Australia that um, I started just, uh, just coaching myself in Australia and I went and swam at this shitty indoor pool where um, a really good family friend of ours was still the coach he taught me how to swim mm. now he didn't have much experience at all training high level swimmers and at this stage I was probably uh, 18, 19 and uh, I was starting to break it onto the, the national scene and, and make national finals and come close to meddling and um, he would watch me train and um he basically pulled me aside because he he gave me a lane. So he was doing his learn to swim stuff, gave me a lane and he pulled me aside one day and he goes, Ryan, what are you doing? Because I was swimming, you know, 6K mm. twice a day. He goes, mate, what do you, like, what's your event? I said, 100 butterfly. And he goes, well, you want to swim that faster than anyone, right? I said, yeah, of course. He said, well, why don't you practice that? Keep going, sorry. Dude. sorry. So, um... Yeah, ah, there it is. Yeah, I was like, there's, I know there's a reason that. Yeah. Is, uh, anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry, dude. You're so, right, man. So you're swimming like 6Ks twice a day. Yeah, that's the When normal. you're only doing like a 100 meter race. My race lasted 50 seconds, you know, um, and but that's just the way swimmers are raised. Just to grind, don't ask questions, shut up and do what your coach says. And again, I was almost cursed with the fact that I was a, a you know, a hard trainer. So I was doing stuff that we're used to, you know, repeats, 100 meter repeats, just swimming freestyle, hitting the wall and then going again, hitting the mm. wall, going again. Now that's okay aerobically, but it's not cool when your race is anaerobic. Yeah. And uh, so basically this guy that had just taught, learned to swim his whole life, cornered me and said, why don't you practice your race? And I, that just was a moment where I went holy shit I've got this whole thing wrong mm. and this guy that's never trained you know anyone older than 15 has just sort of because he, he was able to think outside the box yeah he wasn't like in it every day yeah, yeah. because there's like 
there's a culture, eh? You get coaches, yeah. they become, there's like a culture of work and then it yeah. becomes like a thing you're measured against. Like if you want to make this team, you need to be the one that's going to work. And yeah, you know, like it yeah. becomes a culture. Like, yeah. cause you'd think of a dude like, you know, say that runs the 800 meters that their training regime would look so different to a shot putter. Yeah. But it's then it's like with the, the, the weird thing with, I think we're swimming and like I thought about this after we first spoke it I was like real interested in yeah in the thinking of it is like when you're when you're a swimmer you're all wear the same speedos the same goggles you swim in the same pool you go to the event on the same bus like it's like a team right yeah, yeah. but it's an individual sport and you look at say like the 800 meters and shot put like those motherfuckers wouldn't even see each other yeah, ever no they're they're not in the same sport they're not in the same industry like the culture's different the training's different but i think what what like again i was sort of just thinking about it after we spoke was maybe there's this weird thing where because everyone's on the same team and you're all together that if you get the 50 meter dudes that are just doing like squats and deadlifts and box jumps and all this explosive shit for Mm. like an hour a day and then they're doing like four times running through the 50 meters and then they're done and all the other dudes are just grinding it out yeah, yeah. i could see that being like a weird thing because it's like you're on the swim team yeah man that's like, a good guys, that's, that's a good day fucking, that is a good point because um you'd almost even, feel like pressured to just do it like the dude doing the 1500 yeah so he's got to be in the water you know because he's got an incredibly difficult event and yeah. an endurance based event you're right man so yeah so that kind of side of the squad has have to grind it out and be in the water and then they'd get jealous of the sprinters over yeah. here is that real like yeah that yeah or, it's a really good point or that is that up? why they do it they well, just keep everyone the same yeah i mean i, I don't know because i'm not a swimming coach and i i wasn't brought up you know uh, when i was swimming i was basically taught don't ask questions shut up yeah, and do yeah. what your coach says um but yeah like it's just that mentality i'll tell you a quick story where i remember a guy where he was coming up through the ranks and he was breaking all of ian thorpe's records like this dude was a weapon yeah um and we're only talking the age of like 13 14 15 he was a couple of years younger than so me breaking thorpe's records at the the, the comparative yeah, yeah. age yes yes oh, yes okay, so yeah, through yeah. the age groups and um I remember because I was on the New South Wales team at that point and he was on the same team and I was sitting with the coaches waiting for a plane and I remember the coaches talking about him and he was known for only swimming like four times a week and he'd only swim like two or three kilometers. Mm. Compare that to most other swimmers that swim 10 to 12 times a week, 6K a session. Um, that It was interesting hearing the coaches comment on him because he was doing so well. And you would think they would take a note out of his book and go, oh, well, look, he's doing really specific training. He's, he's never tired. He's just always high performance. Instead of that, I remember, and I still remember to this day that the coaches were saying, yeah, but imagine how good he'd be if he trained more. Mm. You know, if he trained 10 times a week yeah. and did 6K, imagine how good he'd be then. Yeah. Rather than looking at him and going, well, maybe he's good because of what he's doing. Mm. And that's, you know, that was the mindset of this guy that pulled me aside when I was just swimming this shitty indoor pool. I had three months to prepare for an Australian aid, uh, Australian national championship, open nationals. And um, the, the end of that story is after he had that conversation with me, I said, you're my new coach. You're going to start coaching me. And he did. And it was just kind of weird. It was really fun. He was just coaching me. And I ended up swimming so fast um, that year 
that I I made it onto the N Swiss team, the New South Wales Institute of Sport team, and uh, the points because they give you a point score compared to how close you are to the world record. Oh yeah. Well, I got so many points that that coach who was just a learn to swim coach was actually appointed as an N Swiss coach. Really? <laughs> so he and he's hilarious, man. If you knew him, he was just just a funny old guy so he starts rocking up to this little tweed indoor pool where he's wearing like the end swiss jackets and stuff just loving life because it was just this really weird three months where um i completely changed my train and i long story short i swam faster than i ever had um under anyone else's guidance and how much less were you swimming? Oh, maybe less than a quarter of what i was actually doing beforehand yeah that's crazy yeah eh? i just went to the mentality of practicing my event yeah rather than swimming training yeah you know you used to show up to swimming training to do swimming training um then i changed my mindset to practice my event yeah and then everything sort of fell into place and then um i couldn't keep that up forever because just he he couldn't keep doing it because it wasn't his business he was his business was learn to swim so i ended up moving up the coast and again fell back into that old trap of you know another swimming coach and then you know doing too much work and not being specific enough didn't perform very well and I was ready to quit Mm. and then Malta just seemed to reach out at the perfect sort of point in time and and they basically said you know let's create history Mm. let's let's get you um, to qualify for the Olympics so it wasn't just a you know they they probably could have done the gimme thing though right um yes so how that works is uh if there's a country that doesn't have any athletes that qualify they basically get like a gimme or a wild Wild card um and that's where eric the eel came from remember back in sydney olympics so obviously he didn't qualify for the olympics if you remember him he swam i don't know something like two minutes or something for the 100 meter freestyle he was a whole lap behind everyone else yeah barely swim yet he was at the olympics for swimming which Um, i think there's like merit in that Oh, absolutely. If it doesn't cost someone else a spot. No, yeah, yeah. It, yes, absolutely. You know, and that's that's part of the Olympic... Um, spirit. Men- yes, yeah. spirit, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone gets to be involved and, and we celebrate sport. And um, and that, that was a really beautiful moment that I'm sure anyone that watches Sydney Olympics, I'm sure they remember who yeah, Eric yeah. the Eel was. Where was he from? Somewhere in Africa? Oh, right? I was like, yeah, it was an Nigeria African country, yeah, where like they, barely, they didn't even really have a pool or anything. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if you don't have a uh, have an athlete qualify, then you basically get a wild card for a male and a female, I believe. Yeah. Um, but that's where Malta wanted to do something different and they wanted an athlete that qualified Actually for the qualified, Olympics. Yeah. So... Uh, it was also a perfect opportunity for me to stretch my legs and and it, it forced me to start um, studying and start studying human performance and, and how I can swim better because I was determined that if I wanted to represent the country, I wanted to live there. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to. I could have just lived here and swum on the yeah. coaches here and gone and represented them. I wanted to do it right, but it also gave me an opportunity to just get away from Australian swimming, the coaches that I had and the mentality that I had. And... Um, and kind of take a risk and a leap of faith and, and trust in the new mentality that I had. And um, I reduced my workload in the pool. I started training in the gym. And I guess that's what kind of got me to where I am today because I had to, I didn't have a coach. Yeah. So for a whole year, I sort of just coached myself. Um, didn't have any other swimmers in a squad. Didn't have a coach looking over me to tell me I'm doing good. I just had to trust in, in myself. Um, and then that kind of opens up a whole new sort of story where after a year of, of swimming by myself, living by myself, um, it was it was cool. Like I think it changed me for life, you know, because sometimes I now crave that 
that isolation because yeah. I lived in this country where I didn't really know anyone. I only had one focus. You didn't speak Maltese? Uh, no, not at the time. I kind of learned a bit here and there, but um, I just ride my bike to the pool, swim, ride my bike home, have something to eat, sleep. I was studying by correspondence. And what was that when you started doing your human performance style courses? Um, or what were you studying? I was then? just that was unofficial. So I was studying oh, sports yeah. management. Okay. So I, I began a degree at Bond, and then I kind of finished it um, uh, through like Open University, so all sort of online stuff yeah. while I was I was out of the country. Um, but then, of course, on the side, I had to start researching about how to be a good swimmer. You know, because I I didn't know anything. You know, I just shut up and listened to my coaches. Yeah, so, you never knew the why behind. Yeah, no, you I just what did what I was did, told. But you didn't know why you did it. Yeah, so uh, after a year of that and not really having anyone, even with a stopwatch or telling me that I'm swimming well, um, I stood up on the blocks in, I believe it was Eindhoven um, in the Netherlands. And that was the European Championships in 2017. Yeah. And um, no, sorry, 2007. Um, and I got up on the blocks, goggles on, ready to race, you know, basically ready to qualify for the Olympics. And the only thought I had in my head was, oh no, what if I'm shit? I don't even know how fast I'm going. I don't I'm even going. know how fast I'm going, you know, like, cause I don't, I didn't have a coach timing me. I didn't have anything. So it was all just off feel and, um, long story short, thank God. Um, I swam really quick. So I swam faster than I'd ever swum in Australia, which that was a real feather in my cap and, yeah. and stuff that, you know, no one else knows. Um, that meant a lot to me. And yeah. I, I remember I hit the wall, looked at the time, and I can't remember what the time was, but I remember knowing that I just qualified for the Olympics. I made Olympic standard qualifying time. And man, my goggles just filled with water because I was just crying. And, yeah. um, you know, I knew my parents and my family were watching online and stuff. And so it was a huge moment for me, mate. Because like, that's literally a life's work. Yeah, it, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So my since I was, you know, five years old, I knew I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. And, um, and my, my pathway to that is, is really unique. And, yeah. you know, people ask me all the time, oh, you went to the Olympics. Oh, did you win a medal? And I'm like, no, no, nah, I didn't even come close, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't win. No, I didn't beat Michael Phelps. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, he is the best ever. Yeah. But I was there and I qualified and I deserved to be there. And the, the path that got me there is really unique and really, really special to me. And, and, you know, something that I'll sort of be proud of for the rest of my life. Do so, you, do you remember, um, like, cause I've been thinking like we did the podcast with Jack Freestone the other day. Yeah. And he, his first ever wave was Akira and he got pushed into it. And then just a, it, that Cyclone Oma swell that came through a month or so ago. Yeah. He got like the craziest wave of Kira ever pretty much. Yeah. So it was almost like I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this is like a bookend of, of your life. No like way, it's yeah. almost like a chapter gets, it's like you're still living your life, but it's like, okay, you could be pretty pumped on that. Like this is a very, this is a very handy bookend. First wave ever, best wave ever. And then everything that's in between. Yeah. Is there like, was that sort of what it felt like when you qualified for the, the Olympics? That it's like you start swimming and this is your whole life's goal because the Olympics as a swimmer, like that's really it. Yeah. Like that's the Tour de France sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So then it's like to qualify, is it almost like you close in a loop and yeah. putting, you know, putting that in a box is like, fuck, that's done. Yeah, man. Um, 
yeah, there was a sense of relief yeah. that, that, you know, I'd done it. Um, and that was before I even went, you know, like, so when I had qualified, I knew, you know, yeah, I had that ticket, I, mean. I was going I feel to the like Olympics. that would be the place yeah, where when, um, you, when you qualified, you'd be I like, reckon, fuck, uh, now that you bring that up, I reckon there was a, a, almost thinking about it. Um, I had to kind of uh, shock myself back into being focused. Yeah. Because, you know, I was so focused on qualifying yeah. for the Olympics. Like, oh shit, now I've got to swim there. So I better, you know, pick it up again. And obviously that's not hard having that kind of goal in mind. Um, train my ass off for another, there was probably another three or four months, maybe even five or six months before I actually went to the Olympics, which I believe was October 2008. Um, and that was in Beijing in China. And um, that whole, so that, to be honest, that's all just a blur. Um, you know, I had to get back into training, train my ass off. Um, and then I still swam again. I did another PB at the Olympics. So I still swam faster than I'd ever swum under Australian swimming or under anyone else. So yeah. that was well over a year of coaching myself. Um, and I got there and, um, luckily, you know, I was with team Malta. Um, and obviously I knew a few people on the Australian team and, uh, yeah. I built a relationship with the Spanish team and who my best friend, even to date, Ashley Callis, who was a triple Olympian world record holder. Yeah. Um, you know, all the respect in the world. He is, he's my best friend and he's like an older brother to me. And, um, you know, I didn't have the luxuries that the Australian team had. And so Ash would sort of sneak me, you know, back when we had the suits, the mm. racing suits and stuff like that. So Ash, you know, he made sure I was looked after. So was 08 like the full shark suit year? Yeah, yeah. it was. I believe it might have even been the last year where yeah. we could wear the full suit. So I used to wear like the singlet style top with the long legs. Yeah. Because uh, I was a butterfly. So I had that freedom with my shoulders. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, man. Ash sort of, yeah, he, he took me under his wing there. He, he was a bit of a veteran when it comes to the Olympics. And uh, he knows he knows how much I love him and respect him for that. Yeah, that's pretty rad, eh? Yeah. Do you remember a lot about like that week or did it just go by so Honestly, quickly? mate, no. Nah. I, I kind of remember being there and, and um, yeah, I had a, a few, you know, interesting experiences. I got to hang out with Rafael Nadal and because I, I had um, a good relationship with the Spanish team. Yeah. And uh, so that was cool. You know, you're famous when you walk into the Olympic Village, and everyone else there is an Olympian, and they and they photos. rush, yeah. yeah, they rush over and start getting you know your photo and autograph and yeah. stuff like that. So that was him. Um, I had a really good experience. How uh, did that? Hang, like, so what way were you just hanging out? Like, you just just part of like part of the Spanish team. So yeah, well, I went and did a, a training camp in Malaga in Spain and Barcelona in Spain with the Spanish Olympic team. Yeah, and uh, so obviously the swimmers that I knew on that team uh, were sort of friends with him as well. So we got to sort of hang out and that's pretty sick. Yeah, huh. Rafael Nadal. Yeah. Um, who was who was like at that time? I can't remember his name because I, I don't follow basketball that closely. But um, one of the most famous basketball players but this was in 2008 in the usa team i wonder who that would have been um kobe bryant oh okay yeah yeah it was kobe bryant so um i was because at that stage you know it was 2008 and so we had little huts where you could access the internet so you had to go down to the hut to access the internet and uh i see all these people like rushing this is in the olympic village all these people rushing one way and then all of a sudden that the whole crowd starts moving towards me i'm looking up from this hut and I see it's Kobe Bryant and he's got two security guards, all the Olympic athletes just crowding him. And he actually ended up 
coming into the hut that I was in um, on the internet uh, just to get a break from everybody. So I'm sitting there on the computer. Kobe Bryant walks in. His two security guards stop people at the door. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> and Kobe's like, hey, bro, how you doing? That's insane. Yeah, that's when you know you're famous, man. You're getting hassled in the Olympic Village by, by Olympians. Olympians. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, that is pretty gnarly, eh? Yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to... There was something I was going to say on that. Oh, one of my, one of my mates, uh, Chris Wright, he was a, yeah. a yeah, Olympic yeah. swimmer as well. Yeah. And um, he he was saying that, like, that it was just so crazy, like, the sex between, like, everybody <laughs> in the Olympic Village, like, all the athletes. I don't just, think that's even a secret, hey? Like, nah, that's, like that's just a pretty well-known now, fact, like, yeah. How fucking crazy is that? Like, well, why do you think that is? Oh, mate, everyone's so wound up for, and everyone's so focused on what they're doing and then everyone just blows out after their events. As soon so as their event's done, Swimming, yeah. we're lucky, man, because we're the first event. Ah. So we so um, some swimmers actually miss out on going to the opening ceremony because they have to race so soon yeah. after. So I think it's a rule in the Australian swim team if you got to race the next day, you don't go to the opening ceremony, which would be devastating. Was it a cool experience? Oh man, that that's my favorite experience of the Olympics. So I was actually really really blessed and lucky as well in the fact that um, I got to carry the flag for Malta um, oh, at the closing ceremony. Yeah. So they were rattling off some stats like it's like point zero 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 one seven of people can call themselves an Olympian, and then point zero 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 people say they carried the flag for their country. So, you know, nowadays, like I, I definitely have a lot of respect and appreciation for me being half Maltese, and and I, you know, I love that country, and I'm really proud that I carried the flag for them at the closing ceremony, but being there at the opening ceremony as well man like eighty thousand people just yeah. going mental and you know like uh it was in beijing in china so they put in put on a pretty beautiful show yeah but um man like yeah just an experience i'll, I'll never forget but the actual experience does come in blurs because i was you yeah. know on such a high yeah that that's been something i've been thinking about a bit lately um is just there's so many times in my life too that were like such a blur like i don't really they're like really cool things that i wish i had more recollection of yeah but it just seemed like i was so focused and so under the pump at the time that i never actually i didn't truly process it and i think back on like even because i'll get people that'll be like oh i remember we did this trip and i'm like no like i literally don't remember a trip that involved multiple airplanes and then (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so it's like oh i wish yeah i don't know and i wonder whether like that's my fault no, nah. like having my head up my ass and well, like maybe. I don't being know. off with yeah. the fairies or whatever. One one thing that I kind of wish was around and more present in 2008 was social media and, yeah. and you know the the use of our phones and the ability to capture everything as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just kind of before that cusp where you know there, it there was, was like super mainstream. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Because now, like, yeah, you just go through your phone to see what everything your whole life's right there you know so i'll scroll through my instagram and be down i'm like oh yeah i did that you know something yeah. with gloss or you know it's it's a cool recollection of memories it's weird because we'd have like our brain would have to be similar to a hard drive like there's a certain amount of space like that we can cram in yeah like know, until man. we get some kind of like icloud feature where <laughs> we can like upload memories and shit yeah. like you'd have to think that so like there is so much fucking dope shit i've just completely forgotten i've done like <laughs> yeah. straight up like races i've been to yeah fucking film trips with big name people don't remember yeah it's fucking gnarly dude like, <laughs> that's yeah. that, it's like 
I think that the average person before social media would like never have run into that problem. But I yeah. think now that with how much info you can actually even just like take in on a daily basis, yeah. that it's like, I feel like everyone's going to run into that problem. Yeah, just, just run like out of space. Run out of fucking room because <laughs> like there's so much shit coming at us. Yeah, you're right, man. Um, but yeah, the whole Olympics thing, like bits and pieces are just blurs and then... <sighs> Do you remember um, swimming the race? No, nah, nah, ah, no. Really? I don't remember the race. No, nah, I remember being behind um, like just before we walked out. Um, and I remember I left my towel. I had a towel that I wanted to bring and, and wipe down the block. It was like my lucky towel. And I don't know where that is. I lost that. And, and it was actually one of the first times I'd ever experimented with caffeine. So I barely even drank coffee or anything. And, you know, I did a little bit of research on performance with caffeine and I think I popped something like three or four no-dose tablets and really? I yeah, never even really played with caffeine before. So I reckon that's probably got a big thing to do with why I don't remember anything. I was just buzzing and ready to go. But yeah, I still swam fast. I just missed the, I swam faster than I ever had uh, and I just missed the semifinals. So that was my goal to, to break it into the finals. But you know what, man? Um, I still really hold my head high just for the fact yeah, of, of how I perform. You know, I performed the best that I possibly could. Yeah. With you know, with probably not nowhere near as many resources as as many other people. Do you think though? So you you're in Malta. You're doing your own thing. You're not really having stopwatches and stuff around you. Do you think that if you had that same, uh, you use your same like new philosophy, but had like an infrastructure behind you, do you think you could have gone better again? Oh, I hate being that guy, man. I hate being that guy. But I mean, really, I like, could, uh, I mean, it, it's hard not to. It's hard not to say. Well, I guess it's like anyone, right? If yeah. I knew, if I knew what I know now back then, I'm positive I would have had a better career. Yeah. But it, it's uh, that's not very productive to think. Like yeah, that, that's I guess. true. You know, all I can do now, and that's I guess that's why I take my job as a strength and conditioning coach and a performance coach so seriously because i do know the effect of giving people the right advice or giving mm. people the wrong advice so i really take my job seriously when it comes to advising athletes um because you send them down a road mm. and that road could either lead them to their goal or it could literally lead them away from their goal which i believe um some coaches were leading me not intentionally yeah, yeah. but they were leading me away from my goal yeah no it makes sense was it a was it a fun year though like the year in malta yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been um, challenging, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of neutral with everything because I was just so focused. Yeah. Like, I, I sometimes I miss that focus. I, I, Man, I had blinkers on. I didn't care about anything. I was just training and I knew that I was going to the Olympics. Um, so, I can't say it was fun. I can't say it was hard. I, I feel really just neutral about it all. Yeah. Just yeah. so focused. I was so, like, so, so, so focused, man. I do. I miss that a little bit. Dude, I, um, my only thing to relate to that was going to Thailand for like the jujitsu camp. Oh, yeah, that I yeah, did. yeah. And it was just like two a days, and it was like I was giving it 100% for every session that I was there. Yeah. And then I was exhausted. And just by nothing the time. else mattered. No, I just didn't oh, care. Dude, like, I had, miss that feeling. I miss you know that what? feeling yeah, when a, nothing else yeah, matters. I've got so feeling. many things that matter right now that I have to pay attention to yeah but um oh dude that that's i've just had a moment like i really crave where nothing else matters i could just train or just focus on one thing because i i get that when i do jujitsu like i'll go to the gym and 
when you're doing the drills and the technique stuff, you can, your mind can wander a bit and you can sort of be there and you can not be there. Yeah. But when you're actually live and you're sparring, yeah. like you have to be there. Like yeah. I'm never anywhere else. Yeah. And I think that that more than anything is why what I crave every day yeah. is that, okay, fuck, here's a thing that makes nothing else matter. Yeah. And I can do that every single day. Yeah. And that's, that's a, why. That's a nice point. Yeah. And that's why like my dad, like even last night, cause I went up to um, my parents last night for dinner. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to train. So we'll do dinner when I get home from training. Mm. And it's like a bit of a fuck around. Like I get there and then I go and then I come back. And But it's just like, and dad's like, oh, you're always sore. Like, you know, it can't be that fun. And <laughs> yeah, it's right. not that it is that fun, I don't think. What I think that the more enticing part of it or the more the thing that sucks you in is the fact that like I do have a lot, like I'm the same. Like I've got so much fucking shit on my mind all the time, every day. Like even driving up yesterday, Ricky's like, oh, you're not saying much. And I'm like, just fucking thinking. Like I've got so much shit that I'm trying to get done that I can't not think about it. It's hard to be present. Oh, so fucking hard. I've been doing a lot of sort of self-assessment and and work with just trying to be present and just controlling the things I can control and and letting the things go that I can't. As you know, I've had a big, hard couple of years. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I'm at a stage where... I'm learning a lot about myself and and reading a lot more about um, my sort of feelings when it comes to like depression, anxiety and and the stuff that I've been through. Um, Man, this has been such a huge year for me. Yeah, and I think that when you find those things that can take you out of whatever it is you've got going on, even if it's for an hour a day or whatever, but Mm -hmm. then to get back to the professional sportsman thing, it's like imagine the it's like it's so hard to do physically and it's so hard to do mentally and you've got to be on and the injuries and the you know like the uh, rehab and all the bullshit that goes with being a professional athlete Mm. but for your career if you're a dude that's funded to train like you literally only have to worry about yourself in like a really small bubble like eat sleep recover train study whatever yeah but it's like it's pretty freeing to just be able to shut out everything else because like us in our lives now like we only get that opportunity i train an hour a day you train you know i don't know how many times (laughs) a a day probably a bit more but but it's like that's your time but then then like once it's done it's like fuck you gotta figure everything else in yeah i mean that's something that i struggle with after my swimming career because i was so proud and and so happy to identify myself as a swimmer Mm. you know and i did i had a chip on my shoulder you know went around thinking that you know well because i'm you know i'm a swimmer so i'm you know i did i felt like i had that sort of higher place but um as soon as that swimming career finished you know I, i went through it and i know that you know the guys that had more success than me and were more identified you know on a on a public level um everyone struggles with I, I believe it's with that self-identity sort of issue yeah. because um after the olympics i was i had an opportunity where i was um i had a scholarship and like i said i had a relationship with the spanish team and i was going to uh take this scholarship to swim and train in barcelona for four years and obviously that four years was supposed to lead me up to london 2012 olympics yeah and so how old would you have been in london uh, I believe, because I worked it out, I believe I would have been like 27 or 28 at London. So that's like top end of Olympian swimmers. Yeah, yeah. would have been a great, you know, great 
um, time for me. You know, I would have been in my prime probably. Yeah, you sort of are in your late twenties. Yeah, you? yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it, it was my my mate Ash Callis that kind of he pulled me aside when I when we came back. So we came after the Olympics. We came back to the Gold Coast, and um, he pulled me aside and he said, "Mate." he knew that I was really waiting on this scholarship and I had this moment with him where I panicked and I was like shit what if that scholarship doesn't come through because that was going to be my whole life for four years board you know rent yeah. um, food travel everything paid for and, and accommodated for um, and all I had to do was swim and then up until London 2012 and he said to me he said oh mate you're gonna be after London you'll be like 27 28 and you won't really have anything because yeah. you know he was more than happy to tell me I was never going to be an Olympic medalist and that's okay I can I can admit that um, and he goes mate you're already an Olympian being a dual no one will ever take that away from yeah, you being a not, dual yeah. Olympian is cool but he goes why don't you have a look at you know he was the one that said why don't you have a look at being a PT or he goes you'd be a really good strength coach and um, yeah it's because of him that I kind of it was funny, man, because how, how everything happens. There was one day where I had the contract in front of me for Barcelona. And then I also had a scholarship to do my Cert 3 and Cert 4 yeah. in fitness. And I took, I actually ended up taking the Cert 3 and Cert 4. And that was something that, um, like that was a huge gamble that I thought I may regret. And I remember telling myself, when the Olympics are on in 2012... I'm going to stand back and have a look at and assess my life and see if I made the right choice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, I still Bit of like forced accountability. Yeah, yeah. I still can't answer that. I don't know whether I made the right choice or not. Yeah. I mean, you got Bloss. Well, there you go. Like, yeah. That's sort of probably all you need to look yeah. at, you know? Like, you wouldn't have her if you didn't. That's if right. You didn't do that's, that. that's more than enough for me, man. Um, what, what, was the like what connected you with like the Spanish team like what, uh, what that was that? that was just a link in the Maltese Olympic Committee yeah um, one of the one of the staff in the Olympic Committee had a had a friend in, in the Spanish Olympic Committee and that just um, kind of built a relationship for myself and then they invited me over for a few swimming camps and stuff with their Olympic team yeah and um, yeah that was that was pretty much how it went it was pretty cool did the Malta team like did they really like go all out for you was it a pretty cool thing just to be a part of like like just the unicorn you know like that was you're like <laughs> that was so one. like i mean yeah i mean obviously resources and that are so limited compared to other sort yeah, of bigger, bigger countries um but yeah no i i felt very very welcome and, and very catered for and, and very well looked after and respected and it was cool man like you know i had my little moment my little 15 minutes over there it was a pretty big deal in the media and stuff like that so um i i love my experience you know i love the way I, I went about it i love i'm proud of myself um yeah i i wouldn't change anything have you been back since the since you lived over there not no no so i mean i'm planning on it but obviously straight after the olympics i, I threw myself into the strength and conditioning industry and uh, you know me i don't really do anything no, by halves. so yeah. yeah i threw myself into the end and that's why you know i got bigger and stronger quick because it's all i did i lived yeah. and breathed it i needed somewhere to direct that discipline energy and focus from swimming i threw it into my industry so six months after doing like the course i was teaching the course yeah um, so cool. I, yeah so i was teach I was, I was running my, my own personal training business but I, then i was also teaching cert three and cert four um, and that was, you know, to date, probably one of my favorite gigs in the industry because um, 
I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just resonate mostly as a teacher and people that train underneath me would probably agree with that. Yeah. Some, you know, I've got to be careful sometimes cause I can just, you know, start chatting too much and, and explaining, explaining why we're doing this. Yeah. Where some people don't give a shit, man. Like they just want to train. Yeah. Be told what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the teacher in me is always trying to explain why and, and what the science and the concept behind this or, you know, yeah. um, some people just want to shut up and train, which is a great attitude as well. Um, where, where do you reckon all that? Like, cause you know, you see the way that you do train. It's like you're fucking possessed, you know, like you're going that hard, but it's like, yeah. do, do you think it just like the swimming side of things came for, or like that came from just the swimming side of things? Yeah. Or was it like, there was just some fucking weird demons you had your whole life that you needed that exertion to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, was it, was it like it's a more so nature or nurture. No, it's more so not knowing any different. Yeah, I've swum since the age of five and I've trained hard since the age of five. So I really didn't know any different. And I've, I've, I've seen that a few times where I've had clients come to me, they've never trained in their whole life. Um, they've come to me and I've kicked their ass, you know, like just, just expose them to this world of like difficult, hard training. And then they don't know any different because they've never trained with anyone else and they've never done any physical exercise before. So I get them to the point, say maybe three months in and they might bring a friend in with them. Mm. And then their friend is like, what the fuck? You know, like that they didn't expect this person to be training that hard. And then that person will turn around and go, what? I, I thought this was training, mm. but they just don't know any different. And that's kind of how I feel like it happened for me yeah, and, and why, I, why I train. Cause I don't think I train that crazy, but obviously the feedback is most people go, Oh man, you're a monster. Yeah. Um, but that's just, just what I do, man. Yeah. Cause I, I wonder like, you know, cause then it, is it just, yeah. Like a case of you're just so conditioned that it's just like this thing that you've just always it's, done. It's so. that. But then I also have the conversation where, um, I know that I train best when it comes from a dark place. Yeah. You know, like I know. See, everyone, I don't have that at all. Oh, I do. Yeah. And like when, if, if there's someone I dislike or someone I want to prove wrong, then I'm on, you know, and yeah. then I'll visualize that while I'm training. And, and I train the best that I train. Yeah. When it comes from a dark place and that whole sort of journey over to Malta and, and all that, that was a dark place because of course I had all my coaches in Australia and, and everyone you know, would have been saying, you, oh, you fucking know, don't yeah, know what you're doing. Exactly. Watch this yeah, fail. Yeah. And, that, and then I just say, watch this. Yeah. I, yeah. I do. I like a bit of the watch this kind of thing. Like I can do this, but like, fuck, I feel like, cause I've thought about that too. Of like, why the dick, you know, there's different people that it's like, they just go fucking savage dark mode. Yeah. And then I just go Zen mode. Like I'm yeah. just sort of doing it just, like that's just like a, it's supposed to be like calming in a way yeah well i would say most you know most people would promote the fact that you know um everything should come from a positive place focus on the good thing you know yeah. stuff like that but for me training um yeah when i get down and dark that, but I, when i think I it, hard. when i think about it though like i do if i'm having a shit day and i'm like fuck i feel like going and training will get that out like it's an yeah. outlet but yeah. i don't feel like i'm channeling any of it while i'm doing it well it's not something that i do in martial arts um it's it's more so the weights you yeah, know okay. like i can take it out on the weights but if we were rolling or something yeah i wouldn't be visual thing, yeah, yeah you know uh, then i probably am more calm you know like if you were if sparring I, yeah. or rolling you know i then i wouldn't say the demons come to me then it's more like it, that's more of just a happy sort of movement type yeah. place but with the weights at least you know the weights are nothing. I just throw them around. 
I wonder then, because I don't really do weights. I wonder if whether I, it would come yeah, out. If it would, because yeah. like it makes sense. Like I'm sitting here thinking it now, doing a deadlift, being like, "Fuck you, can't," you know, mm. like go and like going heavy. But yeah, that that you might can't be, be a nice is. guy and lift heavy weights. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a bit angry. Yeah, I suppose I've never really lifted too yeah. much fucking heavy shit either. Yeah, I'll get you angry, mate. Who um, who was the like who gave you the sponsorship to do the Cert Three, Cert Four? Um, just a guy that had a company here on the Gold Coast, and um, yeah, so uh, I I reached out to them, and then they were like, "Yeah, cool, we'll um, we're happy to bring you on board." And then um, he taught me a lot. He taught me everything I knew at the beginning, and then um, just like anything, you go down your own path and start to learn new things. Ended up uh, opening my own gym, um, and the whole concept with that gym was to be recognized as the best place to receive personal training and i'm pretty sure i achieved that um it was a really really cool gym back in the day um but same thing you know life goes on and i outgrew that and started doing my own thing and um you know i've ended up at kdv sport which is incredible and um that facility man yeah it's a crazy facility yeah. yeah it's an incredible facility and um over the last few years working with a lot of tennis players and golfers and um but now i'm at a stage where i am getting back to focusing on sort of general fitness um and just what i've gone through over the last couple of years just you know everything just shapes the person that you are and that's why right now i'm i'm uh sort of developing a new program that i'm calling the 2080 pursuit and uh that's something i'm really really excited about that'll be kicking off in only a couple of weeks yeah sweet yeah what um when you first started the training side of things did you have like a particular lane that you wanted to go in or was it just you'd sort of take what you could get because you don't yeah. seem like the kind of person that's just like going to do something and then be like, oh, I'll just see what comes up. No, um, I, I wouldn't class myself as that either. But initially, yeah, because I didn't know a lot about the industry. I didn't know yeah. a lot about anything, man. Like I was just this swimmer for 24, 23, 24 years. Um, that's all I did. It's all I knew. So when I got into the industry, I didn't know a lot about it. So yeah, I just, I just knew that that's going to be my job now. You know, I never had a bloody job before. Yeah. So, um, that's going to be my job. So yeah, just, I, I think a lot of people that get into the personal training in- industry want to work with athletes and, um, but that takes a lot of time and, and you got to get the respect and, and the reputation yeah. before, you know, people that compete reach out to you for advice. I don't. I think that's a pretty big deal, you know. Like when competitive athletes reach out to me and ask me my opinion on what they should be doing, like that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Yeah. You know? And hence why I make sure I'm always up to date with research. I'm always reading. Um, I'm always training myself. The area where I probably learn the most is when I train myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I always pick up on subtleties that, you know, different ways I can explain techniques or, or different exercises or just come up with new exercises and overcome a problem like an injury or something like that. Um, it's just never ending. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy industry in the way that it changes too. Oh, yeah. And it's like you've almost got to be so on top of trends like the whole... Uh, it was like CrossFit and then I think CrossFit was too gnarly for people. Yeah. For like, I don't think it's a very sustainable model. Like I think that there's people that, I mean, I've got friends going super hard in CrossFit for like yeah. a year, two years and then they, they can't keep up that pace. Yeah. And then I think that 
the, out of that come like this functional yeah. F45 style training yeah. and it just seems like it's this never ending yeah. thing of like what's on trend. Yeah, well, the, when I moment. came into the industry around that 2008, 2009, 2010, 11, 12, uh, that was all like bodybuilding focus. So everyone trained like a bodybuilder. Yeah. That was, you know, that's pretty much what everyone did. Then, yeah, you know, the CrossFit thing sort of started. Um, and you can certainly scale it, you know, like scale it back when it comes to CrossFit. But, you know, uh, one of the problems with CrossFit is they're always chasing time. So everything's done on yeah. the clock and you're trying to do a better time. And that's where, you know, form and technique can kind of fall out of the window because you're in a rush. Yeah. You're in a rush to do a, do a faster time. Um, and that's where a lot of the injuries come from. But again, um, you got to remember like CrossFit is designed to break you. Yeah. Not, it's not designed to injure you, but break you, yeah. yeah, it's designed to, you know, but that's for guys like, you know, that, that compete at the CrossFit games those guys are almost, you know, they're bomb-proof, like they're unbreakable. And that's what's amazing about watching the sport. The problem comes when guys like you and I that aren't CrossFit Games athletes yeah. go, oh, cool, I'm going to go and try that. Well, we need to scale it back, you yeah. know, because like, the idea... So, for example, you know, a snatch, uh, one of the most technically difficult lifts there oh, are. Dude, if anyone hasn't tried Olympic lifting, yeah. it's fucking awkward. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's such probably a my hard favorite movement. style of lifting and, and favorite form of training. I'm managing a few injuries at the moment that don't let me train the way that I want to train. Yeah. Um, if I could, I'd just be doing probably Olympic style lifting hard out. Um, but like CrossFit will make you do like a 500 meter row and then do 20 snatches as quick as you can. Why would you do that? Why would you prescribe like something as difficult as a a hard out row and then get straight into the most technical lift there is and do high repetitions of it? Well, the reason is to challenge you and break you like it's supposed to be difficult yeah but it's that's you know scaled up to those guys that compete on that kind of level and they can take that yeah they can handle it we can't isn't it funny you get those dudes like I know a couple of guys that just like want to be in the hurt locker yeah like Mike Sleater he came on the podcast he's one of those dudes like doesn't look like much of a fucking savage but like you put that dude on a road bike just wants to be in the hurt locker yeah, this man. random dude that works for fucking honda in yeah. america he's just like he does their press bikes and stuff yeah fucking animal just lives in the hurt locker just wants to be there yeah and like i feel like those dudes that are in the crossfit it's like you're either a fucking navy seal yeah or you're in the crossfit games like there's just some of those dudes just love the punishment like it's they just a want it's to a cool themselves. like it's cool like i love crossfit for what it is you know um i love the way that they they have their workouts and everything's online and you can sort of check and see yeah, how you compete everyone, against yeah. everyone else like that's really cool but yeah, you know, the fitness industry comes in trends and then we kind of moved away from that and now it's all the functional style training yeah. and stuff like that. Which seems like it's a pretty good thing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, um, some of those companies like F45 and, and yeah, places they like, like that. Yeah, water it down a bit, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but um, that's about, I believe that's about atmosphere. Yes. So it yeah. gets people moving. So technically on paper, scientifically, may not be the most efficient way to train yeah, for yeah, results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it certainly gets people up and moving. And the Feeling number one thing it. in nutrition and training is sustainability. Yeah. And if you're having a good time and you're showing up, then by all means, just keep going. Yeah. You know, as long as it's safe, just keep going. Yeah. But um, yeah. So people like me, I could sit there and, and break it down and go, well, actually, that's not the most efficient way to train for the results that you want. Yeah. And you should be doing sets of eight to 12 at this kind of weight and blah, blah, blah. 
But you know what? If you're showing up and having a good time, then that's probably the best way to train for you. Yeah, and it, it's like designed for the lowest common denominator. Yeah, really. Yeah. Like the people that are the New Year's New Me kind of yeah, people. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's not knocking them. Like that's there needs to be that place. Like you couldn't go to a hardcore CrossFit gym and be, you know, just like I'm going to try and lose a have couple similar, kilos. Yeah, have yeah, that similar like kind there's of, a, yeah. It's like horses for courses kind of thing. Yeah, but it, it does like that that to me and especially like we live in the instagram era uh, and i think that like you'd probably be able to speak on that like instagram's probably been one of the biggest changes to the fitness industry oh man we are i believe we are like way ahead of the curve when it comes to industries using um social media yeah fitness you know i work with tennis coaches and golf coaches in my facility and um you know, those guys almost give me, they give me shit for the kind of social media that I, you yeah. know, I'm so active on social media. I'm like, you guys have no idea because if I'm not active on social media, then people forget about me and they'll start thinking about someone else, yeah. you know? And that's how my industry works when I'm, you know, um, active and, and people are noticing me. Um, that's when, you know, they're at a family barbecue or something and someone says, oh, geez, I need to lose some weight. Like, oh, you got to go see Ryan, you know, I follow him on yeah. this or get in contact with him. It's so easy. Um, yeah, we, I think us as fitness professionals really have to leverage social media um, to our advantage. And I think we're, get, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know? Making it uh, particularly here on the Gold Coast in Australia, like there's more, you this know, would PTs. This one of and, the and, most competitive markets. Yeah, man, like it's hard. And that's another feather in my cap that I wear proudly, you know, like I feel like I kind of made it in the fitness industry in, in a place where it's, probably the hardest to make it like the hollywood of fucking yeah 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 it's hard man Uh, and i i still don't recommend the industry people come to me industry advice all the time or like oh do you think i should get into it it's really hard for me to recommend it because it's just so cutthroat fucking grind constantly it's funny you said before like they're not thinking about me they're thinking about someone else yeah it's like fuck isn't it weird how it's like this breeding ground of insecurity though too because it's like that's like the old saying for every hot chick there's a dude tired of fucking her yeah yeah and it's yeah. like for every stick trainer there's a dude that's fucking sick of lifting for him yeah like you yeah. can just apply that everywhere and i think with fitness there's so much stuff where it's like so easy to get into a rut because it is a rut like yeah. if you want to do well in fitness you need to be in a rut and stay in a rut yeah it's fucking as simple as that you got to um you got to stay active with your education and, and you got to stay hungry. And that's why, you know, so many people come and go because they come into the industry like just fucking hellfire and they're just, they love the industry and they love fitness and, yeah. you know, they're all about it. And then that wears off after a year or two and then you never see them again. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I've lasted this long. You know, I think I'm into my 11th or 12th year well, in the industry. I think industry. it's because you really want it. Yeah, I just, I love it, you know, and I, I keep, I believe, you know, I keep reinventing myself and I keep finding new ways. So that's, you know, this 2080 pursuit that um, I'm kicking off in a couple of weeks, um, you know, that that's made me hungry again. That's made me really excited yeah, like again a because it's a, to me, it's a whole new concept with training and, and the whole, the 2080 really resonates with me being, um, so I named it 2080 after like Pareto's law, um, sort of stating that. 80% of effects come from say 20% of cause. Uh. So, or more easily put, you know, what's the 20% that you can focus on that's going to reap you the majority of results. Dude, I totally agree with that. It's, man, it's present everywhere and something that I've been focused on in, in life, in finance, in business, and obviously in training. So, 
I really pride myself on being, uh, I love the words efficient and effective, you know? So I pride myself on being an efficient and effective coach. So what I think I'm good at is identifying your 20, you know, I can identify your 20%, tell you this is where you should focus and that's where you're going to get the majority of results. If we go outside of that 20%, yeah, you know, like we, you know, when you're ready for that, we'll start um, venturing outside of there. But really, if you focus on these, you know, these few key factors, they're going to get you the majority of results. And it's weird in the fitness industry, man, because people like nutrition, for example, the number one question that I get asked about nutrition is what supplement should I take? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's your 1%. Like that's we talked about this last time. That's only going to bring. Yeah. yeah. And I think I told you a story. I love this story, man. One of my really good mates, he did my program and, uh, it was, it was a 12 week program. I had eight guys and I came into the gym one day and all these guys had surrounded my mate, Andrew Rock. And he had put on like 10 kilos, um, he lost a bunch of fat, put on heaps of muscle and all the guys were around him and he was looking awesome. And they were like, what, what are you doing, man? Like, what, what are you, you taking? Know? What yeah, what are you taking? Yeah. yeah. And I could see, because I stood back on purpose and I could see on their face, they were waiting for him to say, here, Here's I'm this taking this pill. supplement here. Yeah. I'm taking this pill, you know? And he was awesome because he looked at me and then he looked at them and he goes, I'm following the program. Yeah. You know, and he, and we all know like the other guys weren't, you know, like I, I wrote this program, all of my knowledge, all of my education, I poured my heart and soul into this program and out of the eight guys, one of them followed it and he killed it. And the other guys were like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, dude, yeah. you literally have the plan right in front of you. I followed the program, but no one wants to hear that. It's just hard work and consistency. Yeah. You know? So, um, that's that's what I'm about this year. Um, just focusing on and uh, getting my individual clients, keeping it really individualized, and working out what their twenty is. Yeah. And then I write their program, and they come and jump on board, and then I kick their ass. And how long is these programs? Oh, I usually twelve weeks is usually a good sort of stage, but I like to break it up in say weeks of four or six. So yeah, try and keep them focused on just that four, so it doesn't seem like such a yeah, stretch. Yeah. And then introduce the next stage after that four weeks or so on and so forth. Yeah, well, that whole like people focusing on the one percent thing is like one of my fucking pet peeves of yeah. like people that are like they'll just oh, that it's like they're after one magic thing or they're after one piece of advice or they're yeah. after one little. It's like it, it's just not there, man. Like, yeah. and that's the same as people that like I've done jujitsu for a year, never fucking had a protein shake. Yeah, you know, and it's like I'm not getting better or I'm not I'm not able to go to the gym every single day because of some fucking work like some diet regime you know supplement thing that i'm on that's like getting me out on the mat yeah what's i'm just getting myself there and i'm doing it and i do yeah. it when i feel like fucking shit and when i don't want to go yeah like i go when i don't want to go and that's like, yeah that's one of the best times you can go obviously and just oh. build that resilience you and know? then you just get to a point where you're just like shut up cunt <laughs> just going. you know and yeah. even like i've said to i say to ricky all the time like Oh, she's like, what time's training? We're like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty sore. I don't think I'm going to go. And she's like, what time's training? Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's 5.30. And she's like, all right, we'll, we'll do dinner at 7. Yeah. So well, the, the, the best question to ask right now is, have you ever regretted going? No, nah, never. Never. Like, yeah. and you, you never regret a workout. No. You, know? you yeah. always feel better. And I'm sort of in that. It's fucking hard, though, to like gather that momentum because I'm at that point with surfing at the moment. Because so before I broke my rib, I'd get up and I'd surf at six 
every day every morning there was waves and then i'd train at either the morning or the afternoon or night Man, session that's something that i need to get in back surfing? into yeah, surfing yeah come surfing me i know you surf whenever you want yeah I, there's so many things i, I want to do it's just you know just time man dude surfing is like i need to hit up your mate actually the surfboard oh, still, yeah get a board fuck yeah because yeah. i feel like i might one need him um, oh, Bliss from Bliss and Essa. Yes, that, well, that's what I saw. Yeah, and then you texted me after that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So hook me up with that guy. Oh, I fucking love that thing. Yeah. yeah we'll yeah, you, we'll get you on there. Yeah. Because um, I feel like I might need a custom design board. Yeah, you need a big dog. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it's, I was in that groove where like it didn't matter how tired I was or how sore my shoulders were. I just, I went, but then I broke my rib and I've got that groove back with training just because I have to yeah um, but surfing is seems like the, a luxury like it's not a necessity at the yeah, moment yeah and I just haven't like I actually went before that's why Texans had come earlier yeah right. I, the waves were shit yeah but I was like nah you know what fuck I'm gonna go for a surf but um it's hard to like it's real easy for me to do the jiu-jitsu thing now because it's literally a like it's I've just hit a year like yeah pretty much this week or last week or something yeah. and um it's just that's it when you do something every day for a year and it's like i've obviously had days off and some injuries and stuff but like every day i can go yeah i've pretty much gone yeah and i've never done anything every day for a year in my life yeah right like i've always how nice is that then to find that it's massive bro even like this stage in life like that's the kind of stuff you think yeah i'm 30 yeah Yeah. exactly yeah and and it's it is like it's cool to like tell people that it's not too late it's not yeah. you're not too old it's not too hard like yeah. you can do it if you start and just don't stop yeah and like i'm nowhere near it bro like i feel like i've just started still but it's been a year and now like i went back to my old gym last night and there's like a bunch of new faces and there's yeah like, but yeah anyone that has experienced any type of like uh, martial art or particularly jujitsu just mm. knows that that hole is never ending you yeah know? it's like a beautiful hole that come yeah in. yeah it's a really nice hole to go down you know because you start going to bed at night just thinking you know about passing guard or you know yeah. everything just becomes jujitsu so yeah there's uh, it's a beautiful sport man it oh. is a, it's probably my favorite sport that i've done ever well how long did you do it for Oh years, man, and and but it's always been an in and out sort of yeah, thing because yeah. of situ, you know, Would you situations. Come train again? Absolutely, like I'm really hoping I got VC. Come and do some stuff. Well, um, I got VC that come like I sort of program for VC? him, Vicente um, Cavalcanti from Southside. Southside, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he's just opened the gym in Narang, so I'm really hoping to get down there. Oh, that that'd be close to you. Did you do gi as well as no? Yeah, gi? yeah, I didn't. I I way prefer no gi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did a little bit of gi as well. Yeah, yeah right. but like I mean, on and off. I mean, I I was I first got into because I was training like I trained MMA, for yeah. Jesus. I, it was almost like three. I think three fights. Um, Did you have three MMA fights? No, no. I trained for three MMA fights. First two, the guys pulled out, and then the last one, I dislocated my knee. Ah. So, um, and as you know, like uh, it makes much so much respect for those guys yeah, because that is a such a tough sport man I think it's really overlooked like how many disciplines that those guys take seriously they take wrestling seriously they take jiu-jitsu seriously striking boxing kickboxing like um, judo you know like and they take them all very seriously like they're doing so many sports and then but you know the uneducated person will just see them fighting in a cage and just go oh that's brutal yeah you know it's not it's a science it's a sport it's a beautiful sort of just 
two men get going at it and but intelligently defending themselves at the same time and not even trying to hurt each other all the time you know what i don't think yeah i mean i know a lot of fighters and i've had a fair bit of experience training and sparring and it's not usually an intention to just hurt someone it's it's to beat them at the game yeah i'm just executing a technique yeah i'm like even last night like i what does rogan call it um problem solving with dire consequences yeah, dire consequences yeah. yeah well like yeah that's a you know, last night i got a footlock on a dude he's a great friend like he's dude i trained with all like he started when i did actually yeah and um footlocked him and he's like ah like it was just the perf like i just did it perfectly yeah and i was as, as soon as i heard that and he tapped i let go and i'm like fuck you all good you so oh, sorry and like you i don't want to hurt people i don't even want yeah. to choke them but it's like i'm this is just the end of the technique but that that's the incredible beauty with jujitsu yeah. you know like you and i can go at it a hundred percent yeah not 20 percent. you know like if we were sparring boxing you know we'd be going like 20 30 yeah, percent because we don't want to hurt be, each other yeah, you gotta be if we you know turn it into rolling we can go a hundred percent i could literally try and choke you unconscious or break your arm yeah as soon as you tap i let go and not only did i not hurt you we can turn around and do it immediately straight away yeah, again yeah that is like that i love that about jujitsu there's a there's definitely a, a like a confidence that comes with it too in the oh, fact yeah. that like because so like you know you always get the friends that will say oh would this work and would this work and i'm like dude if you don't know it you don't like you don't know what you don't know yeah and it's like if you can beat somebody that is doing the same sport and like knows what you know and then you can out do them when they know what to do like what chance do you think a random dude has that has no fucking idea what an arm drag is yeah and has no idea zero man like you know with if you're training i believe you know and because i worked security for like four or five years and uh i only was started jujitsu in the last sort of two years of that I never felt any. I never felt so confident. Really? That I did, yeah. When I knew jujitsu, because Fuck, although cool. I was handy with my hands, um, if you and I squared up with our hands, you still have fifty percent to oh, put me down, man. Oh, if you throw a hand and I and and clip me, yeah. I'm going down. Yeah. But turn that into jujitsu or turn that into wrestling. So if I can close that distance and don't even worry about throwing these things, if yeah. I close that distance and you are not trained, you've got you no got zero percent, zero percent. Like you absolutely have no chance. And again, like <laughs> quoting Rogan again, but the way he describes guys that fight on the street with this ridiculous amount of confidence, it's like, dude you're not trained like yeah. you you are so confident to compete in something if you want to fight someone you know but you're not trained you might be fighting someone that is trained yeah then you're not gonna you have why are you so confident like why are these guys so confident to fight on the street it would be like you not knowing and challenging me to a swimming race yeah yeah exactly you have zero percent chance because i'm a trained i'm trained at that swimmer, yeah. yeah you know even these days like i'm still trained at that i'm still good at that same goes with fighting yeah you know, and obviously I'm in the fitness industry, so there's a lot of big dudes that, you know, make these assumptions that they're also tough. Like, just because you're big, you're not tough, yeah. and it doesn't mean you can fight, man. You know, because I've been, I've had my ass handed to me by, you know, 60 kilo guys that just stitch me up on the mats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely... It's cool though, like Jack Freestone, he came on last. He is a blue belt. Yeah. Pro, on the world tour, blue belt, like yeah. dude's a weapon. 
And Isn't that like a? You, don't you have to be a, like Dude, if you surf, so you have to do jujitsu, so and if you do jujitsu, you have to surf. Yeah, now? It, it does. That's feel a rule. Like it, eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was funny, like because we were sort of talking about it, and he. Um, he's like asked if i'd ever had to like do anything and i'm like dude now that i feel like i could pretty much fuck up like anyone that's within 20 kilos 30 kilos of yeah. me like above i just feel like i would i'd be stupid to even do it because that's be, right i'd be like oh dude like yeah. i would feel i would honestly feel bad if some dude come up to me and then i ended up choking him <laughs> in front yeah. of everybody unconscious laying on the floor i'd feel like the biggest fucking bully yeah like loser because it's like he didn't even know like yeah i have this same conversation with a lot of the the, the parents that i train and because i encourage them to, to get their kids into jujitsu and they're yeah. like oh oh no you know like i wouldn't want him using it at school and that and i'm like he won't trust want to, me yeah. exactly they don't need to because once you have that yeah. you don't need to prove anything and that's like all these guys on the streets you know the ones that don't know how to fight like they're getting they're around the like they, they ones, yeah because yeah. they feel like they need to prove something when you and by no means am i saying you know i'm, I'm anything special but when you feel like you can fight or, or you, you know you know yourself, a martial yeah. Like, yeah you don't need to yeah you know yeah, everything i became much more calm when you know when i started learning jiu-jitsu yeah well i would feel like a fucking dick yeah i would feel like so and i've also thought about it too and like, you know that everyone would condemn it anyway like exactly all the guys right, that you yeah. train with would be like that'd be like what, what are you, you doing yeah, yeah yeah because even dude i even get shit in the gym for like beating up someone that you can it's just like just because you can't like even in the gym where you're like supposed to yeah it's like dude don't beat that guy up yeah dial it back yeah yeah like yeah have some fucking and that's where you know that's where obviously people get or i get really frustrated when i see stuff on the news and people condemning mixed martial arts and calling it brutal and stuff like that yeah you just need to spend one week at a martial arts gym yeah and you will understand that everyone there is so level-headed no one's got egos everyone's gentle everyone's calm you know like it's it's a beautiful sport and it's frustrating when you know um people voice their opinion on things they don't know yeah, well, I mean, that's just fucking culture at the moment, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, social media is yeah. uh, pretty pretty handy with that. Oh, but I, I, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love social media, and I just did a post on that recently about how um, you know I, I really enjoy social media, and I don't like when it gets condemned because people go, "Oh, there's so much crap on there, and so much negative." Scroll past it, dude. Yeah, just scroll straight past it. Like social media and Instagram is so awesome to seek out and find As the things that, that keep you positive and motivated and stuff like that. And um, you know, even me with my small following, um, you know, people message me all the time and thank me just for motivating them yeah you know without even knowing it so now i've adapted that just recently like as, as somewhat of a responsibility now yeah um you know reaching out to the people that choose to follow me and, and choose to message me and, and thank me for stuff like that um just keep that content going and then create this you know um environment where everyone's yeah. supporting everyone i've found that to be a huge part of this experience as well is like the messages that i get and obviously the bigger it gets the more messages yeah. that you get which is cool and it's been a real like i feel like at any point in the day now like i'd have a fuckload of unread you know like the requests or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like I'd have, a, I'd have a lot of them and i could guarantee that if i went into them right now i could fill that with positive responses to people that are either saying thanks or i love this and yeah. this is great and this helped me through this time and i love this episode with this guy or ryan's super inspirational how nice is jack like that's it seems like 
there is a place that I can go yeah. and be really positive all the time. Yeah. And, and it is cool. Uh, and I just, I, I agree with you. Like I just try not to look at the negativity, but I do still find it weird that there is a reason to be negative. Yeah. You know, but I think that that's not, that's not the platform's fault. That's culture's fault. That's yeah. society's fault. It's weird that people feel like they have to voice their opinion on negative sort yeah. of stuff. It's weird. There's a, there is like, I don't think Instagram really, but then again, it's like, yeah, but see, I, I don't know whether that can be the fault of the platform because it's like the more views, uh, the more comments something gets, the better, more it's going to be seen, which means the more comments it's going to get. Mm. There's like a couple videos on my YouTube where I just get fucking panned. It's just like two videos of like unanimously, like it's just these bandwagon comments. So it's like everyone says the same thing. Oh, I'm chiming in again here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you're all, it's like this little mob mentality. Yeah, it's right. like because one person says it's shit, then everybody else oh, it's wants it's okay to, now. Yeah. There's a green light. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this weird thing. And then you get like, it's funny. Like I try not to read that many comments, but these two videos actually just have me interested. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and the weird thing too, though, is like, that they're videos that um, are just segments yep. from the podcast. So there's a three hour chat and then they want to judge uh, the whole yeah, podcast. Right. And then it's like, and it's me and Chad Reed going back and forth. Yeah. And we're almost having like a, a bit, and not an argument, but it sort of is like, we're ha- it's a pretty heated conversation about yeah. James Stewart yeah. and his, what he did for the sport and blah, blah, blah. That was his biggest rival. So I'm having to be on the side of this fence, sort of playing devil's advocate. And I agree with some stuff, but then I'm like, yeah, but then think about this. And then, so I was in the position of like almost being on James's side on some stuff. Yep. Which is okay. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so then all the, the feedback is, oh, this dude just talked the whole podcast. And uh-huh. I'm like, go listen. The, the, this is 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. 20 minutes where we're having like a fucking heated back and forth yeah like this, we don't do this for three hours yeah but you want to criticize my entire like existence as a fucking podcast interview based on this 20 minutes yeah that you've seen and it's like it's you have to keep perspective though that that's just what it is mm. and not get not take what those people are saying seriously it's like but then at the same time you just can't shut it out yeah. and be like pay no attention to any negative comment you get because at some point someone will say something true that you should listen to. So you should, yeah, you should recognize. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, it just was interesting to keep that context of like, this is just a segment mm-hmm. of this interview and this was the part we picked. And the other part was with uh, Ben Townley and we're like, we're really good friends and we just were going back and forth on him training with Alden and that's another guy I know really well Yeah. so it wasn't you know someone logs on that's the only thing they see and they're like this dude just keeps interrupting and talk. I'm like bro we're having a full on back and forth mm. about like a person we know but it's just it's it's just weird I think that that's where people just it's just so easy to be negative it's so easy to that's like your first thought like a lot of people's first thought isn't positivity yeah which is, I just don't know where that comes from or if like the platforms like do that just because, you know, bad news or these comments and it's just what keeps people engaged and on the platform, they get in these yeah. comment wars with each other and it just, it keeps people on the platform. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, is that really what they're trying to do? It's like almost 
allow or create a place where this behavior manifests and kind of gets carried on yeah are they just doing that so people stay on there longer it's weird i don't resonate with any of that because Mm. i've never ever been a troll you know i've never ever i'm the same i've never commented on anything it's weird like i don't know anyway man what about your training yeah when are you going to come and lift some weights i want to i'm so this is what i want to talk to you about yeah is like I go back and forward with the whole training thing yeah. because, well, obviously I train every day, but it's sport specific. So it's like, I'm struggling just to keep up with the workload that I'm putting on myself training yeah. every day. Yeah. And then it's like, so do I, like, I couldn't add weights on top of what I'm already doing. Yeah. So what I'd have to do was I'd have to take training sessions away, sports specific yeah. and add in the weight training and the kind of training we would do together. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like weighing up because I'm like, jujitsu is such a knowledge-based thing. Like I can be physically not as fit, physically not as strong, but I can win. Yeah. I can beat a person that is better based on knowledge and skill and uh, just... And technique. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's like, that's the balances. I'm like, what should I do? Should I try and be bigger and stronger? Because for competition, I think that'd be better. Yeah. Um, But it's like in this stage where I think I think especially in like the lower levels of something when you're learning so much and there's so much information coming at you, yeah. then it's like, should you spend more time sports specific or... Well, that's going to come from your confidence in a program, you know, like, so is the program in the gym, is it going to contribute positively to your outcome that you want? Yeah. Um, and that would just be, so yeah, you would have to take away a jujitsu session or two to throw in the weights but then you know that's going to have your faith in the coach in the program and know that it's going to sort of gear towards that goal i mean as you know i work in a facility where there's a lot of golfers and i think golf you know is is right up there on top of the skill-based sports yeah yeah but you know if i can sort of give so i'm not a golf coach i'm a strength and conditioning coach and I'm, I'm very well known for staying in my lane and treating athletes like athletes and making that athlete my philosophy is to make an athlete sort of obviously stronger that's what i do but if it's uh, a power-based sport to make them more powerful if it's a conditioning based you know endurance sport i make them more more conditioned for their sport yeah um, i train their energy systems but basically I can turn somebody into a better athlete specific to that sport. That's my role. Yeah. Then I give it back to the golf coach or the jujitsu coach. And that coach has a better athlete, a better base to work with. So now all of your sessions, so whether it's, you know, if you're doing a golf session with your golf coach, everything becomes, again, I love that word, more efficient. Yeah. Because you're a more efficient athlete. So that your coach has something better to work with. Um, and that's obviously something that I wholly and solely believe in, in the fact that having strength and conditioning on your side is something that's worthwhile, is something that's going to make those skill-based sessions more efficient. Yeah, that that's sort of where I'm leaning more towards because like I said, it's been a year of like fucking hard work. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm like a saw that's like just grinding and like I'm, my body's sort of in a groove in yeah. a way and yeah. I and now I'm like oh I could see myself now like because you get injured almost every session yeah little you know grip things ankle things little knee tweaks yeah. little back tweaks neck tweaks and I feel like 
I'm constantly working around these little tweaks and stuff that I've got. Yeah, well, you're proving my point right there. Exactly. You know, perhaps so perhaps now if you I, had a solid strength and conditioning program, these things wouldn't exist. You'd be able to focus more clearly on what you on the job at hand. Yeah. You know, you might be stronger. You might be more powerful. You'd be more resilient. You know, and resistant to injuries. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I get, I totally get, because again, I work with you know golfers and tennis players and it's like, you know. Just want to be on the court. Yeah, yeah. They just want to be out practicing their sport. But if you can kind of get the message across to them in the right way, yeah. they'll understand. And usually it's, um, it's a case in the golf industry, it's a case of someone winning, you know, a title and then crediting their strength and conditioning. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden, um, everyone wants well, to be in the gym. Well, you can start to see dudes like, I think when Dustin Johnson came on the yep. scene and this and like Rory. Yeah. Like Rory was like this chubby little fucking Irish kid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden is just jacked as fuck. Yeah. And is like if one Rory, of, yeah, if Rory wins something and mentions his strength and conditioning, all of a sudden my inbox gets filled with golfers that want to yeah, train, you know? Yeah. And then And uh, DJ's the same, like he's a fucking yeah. athlete. Yeah, yeah, like, he's a weapon too. We're seeing athletes now on yeah. tour. And it's nice to see those guys doing real lifts, you know. Um, don't get me started on golf specific yeah. training uh i won't even get started well what you said was really cool about um a direct uh like a direct indicator of how far you can hit a golf ball is how high you can yeah. jump yeah and that's that's you know that's a beautiful piece of information so it's scientifically valid it's been proven that your ability to jump or your vertical jump is directly related with how far you can hit a golf ball now Every single golfer I've ever coached, every single golfer wants to hit it further. I've never met a golfer and every statistic that doesn't want in to hit it golf further. shows that the further you hit the ball, the lower your scores are. The further you hit the ball, the better club selection you have coming up to the green. Yeah. So, um, therefore, you know you want to be More able to bomb it. Control the spin. Yeah, you want to be able to bomb it off the tee. So, um, things that affect your vertical jump are you know doing your box jumps, getting your heavy squats sorted, deadlifts. Yep, yep. So having a solid plan. Um, and then as soon as I can get that message across the golfers, then they become a little bit more interested in the strength and conditioning side. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, a lot of golfers just want to hang on to a cable and just do wood chops because it looks like golf. Looks like what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm the guy that says, no, let's make your legs stronger. What's the most efficient way to make your legs stronger? Let's make your hip extension better. So how can we train your glutes to make your hips extend with more power? Yeah. You know, these are things that don't look like golf, but I break down the body parts and train those body parts the most efficient way I can. So squats are an excellent way to train the legs, make the legs stronger. Kettlebell swings are a great way to make the hips more explosive. Yeah. None of these things look like golf, but broken up into their individual aspects and then combined. It's not my job to combine them. Yeah. I leave that for the golf pro. So then the golf pro can combine this athlete that now has stronger legs, a stronger base, stronger um, stability and support, and they can do more with that athlete. Mm, yeah it makes sense and i think too like even my benefit that i think that i would feel is like i feel like yeah i'm just wearing a groove in my body and i feel like even aside from like strength gains or any other gains 
moving my like forcing my body to move in a yeah. way that is like symmetrical and using different um and a bit of resistance man like yeah. we don't have resistance on our bodies that much this day and age yeah there's true. so many things to help us move shit you know yeah it's very rare that we have to pick shit up and carry it and move it yeah that's a you good know point. yeah so the the gym is is that place where we do it was funny i was having this conversation this morning with one of my clients where the gym is that place where we choose the harder option yeah. In life, we always choose the easiest option. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even your posture and stuff in the gym where, uh, like, you know, I love training with dead balls. So I love picking them up, carrying them, throwing them, you know. Um, so I had a guy with it this morning and the natural instinct is when you hold the dead ball. So like a 30, 30, 40 kilo dead ball up high on your chest, you move your hips and you kind of lean back because you counterbalance that weight. Yeah. And that's where I said, okay, so in the gym, this is where we're going to choose the harder option. So instead of leaning back and using your hips yeah. as basically a seesaw, I'm going to get you to remain upright and use all your postural muscles to resist that weight. And yeah. then we're going to do some squats or some cleans or, you know, and go from there. But the gym is this place that we need these days because life's too easy. That's a really, really good point. You know, when was the last time you were chased by a saber-toothed tiger or you had to build your home out of rocks and sticks, you know? Yeah. Like, we got it pretty easy these days. So it's nice to throw yourself in that deep end. And I love, you know, I love the gym and using the resistance of weights. And there is a thing too to where it's like when you get in a habit of... So like perfect example for me is like tidy in the house. Like I just don't give a fuck to do it. You know, like I don't like mess into oil. I don't like dirt, shit being dirty. Yeah. But I don't mind if it's like messy. Yeah. There's like a towel out of place or some fucking clothes yeah. next to the washing machine. Like it doesn't, Guilty. you know Guilty. what I mean? It doesn't, yeah. like it doesn't stress me out. Yeah. But that is choosing the easy option. And I think that when you get in a habit of like staring at something like a weight where you're like, well, I could leave it on the floor or I could move it up and down. Yeah. Moving it up and down is harder, but it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think that that sort of carries over to other aspects of your life. It does and it doesn't because I'm really disappointed in myself. I'm actually really lazy um, outside of the gym. Yeah, but you've probably got such an extreme relationship with the gym though to where like you've got to have some counterbalance. You've got to have some chill like out, the, relax the, time. Per, and yeah. yeah, like the, the casual person going into the gym is probably has like an opposite reaction to that. But then again, like they've probably got other pressures and shit going on in their life from their work or whatever. Yeah. But like I could see it being a, yeah, a little bit to where it's like you're so fucking tired every day. It's like, yeah, whatever. That shit barely matters. Or, or maybe I got myself in this mindset where I'm like, oh, I'll save it for the gym. You know, I'll save that energy for the gym. And just over the years, it's just kind of made me quite lazy outside of the gym. And are you do you mean that with just like tidying and shit like that? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah guilty <laughs> like you but you cook and stuff too right but i yeah. guess that's for the gym right yeah 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 like so i don't know I, i'm starting, what are you doing nutrition wise nothing at all yeah like that's what i need to i need to step up that game but that just comes out of being fucking busy too you know yeah like really busy but right. i'm lucky that i eat well like ricky cooks really well like we'll have like this week to run through the food we had like chicken um, chicken pasta with like um, like prosciutto and sun-dried tomatoes and shit and then the next night we had like lamb chops with roasted vegetables mm. and so it's like I'm eating good food and yeah. every morning I pretty much do two poached eggs avocado on toast yeah right 
So that's like pretty much every morning. And then lunch is sort of random. We'll make like salads a lot for lunch. So I, I, I eat good, yeah. but then I'll literally eat half a big block of chocolate at night pretty much every night. You can, yeah, but you can fit that but in. But that's your That's, that's my your thing, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like a lot of people that know me and follow me know that I eat a lot of pizza and, and you know, chocolate and paddle pops. Rainbow paddle pops are my jam. Dude, I know. Wait, did yeah. you know that rainbow paddle pops are just caramel? Caramel? Fucking I hell. only found that out like two weeks ago and Dude. now every time I eat them, I'm like... It fucks it up I can't a bit, eh? Yeah, it does. I wish I didn't know that. Oh, that's so... I wish yeah. I didn't know that. I'm exactly yeah. the same. And I feel bad like saying it to people yeah now. Like, yeah you, you know ruin this? it yeah. it's fucking rainbow oh, you know i feel like the secret's out on that though because yeah. i was like this is just a kaleidoscope of magical colors yeah it's just fucking caramel Come together it's just caramel that, that's like a bit of a head fuck on like every flavoring of everything though well i just i just stick to my rainbow paddle pot i do i if gay times are on special i then, got then uh, we go down the gay time path. i got a gay time tub have you had that the gay no. time in a tub no I got that upstairs it's okay. pretty fucking good yeah. it's like a weird texture though we were talking yeah. about it the other night yeah that it's like the m- cookie bits get a bit yeah. like uh, soggy moist. yeah <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit weird yeah so I don't know whether I'm all the way yeah all the way into it but like I was gonna say man you can fit like people don't realise you can fit anything into your diet yeah. you know like you don't have to avoid foods like obviously if you have a, a reaction to that food then avoid it but People uh, get too hung up on this uh, junk food versus healthy food. You know, there's no, there's just food. There's nutrients and there's food. And certain foods have more nutritional value than other foods. But what we, as a society, what we class as a junk food is something that is not very nutritionally dense. So poor nutrition, but high calories. So it costs, costs a lot in terms of calories and doesn't give you a lot of bang for buck in terms of, you know, macronutrients or micronutrients what we class as a healthy food in society is something that's relatively calorie low, like low sort of caloric value, but high nutritionally dense value. So, you know, you good sort of macro. So most people these days are aware of their macronutrients being protein, carbs, and fats. Um, And then, you know, your micronutrients coming from your sources of greens, which is, I guess, is the general public sort of take on nutrition. But you can work out your caloric value that you turn over in a day and you just got to fit it in. You yeah. just got to fit in your nutrition and then you can fit in your rainbow paddle pops and your pizzas. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit lucky because... Uh, you burn so many calories. I burn a lot of calories and, and being a larger guy, like 120 kilos, my metabolism is higher than most people. So if you think in terms of money... Um, in terms of the value that or the calories that you tick over in a day, I have more value You've got more budget more budget to spend on whatever i want so i can fit in uh, what i what i prescribe or what i subscribe to is my own sort of nutrition plan which is the three and free diet so with three and free i prescribe three meals and i research the shit out of them and make sure that they're the most nutritionally dense meals that I can prescribe that is sustainable. Yeah. So again, sustainability is number one. There's, yeah. You know, you, if it's not sustainable, forget about it. Number two is your caloric intake. So the most important thing is sustainability and then caloric intake. You got to work out how many calories you need to consume in a day. If you want to lose weight or gain you, weight, you go in a caloric yeah. deficit. If you want to gain weight, you go in a caloric surplus. The third most important thing is what you do with those calories. So do you distribute it a higher protein intake, a higher carbohydrate intake, higher fat intake? Believe it or not, you know, most people think carbs are the enemy. Calories are the enemy, Mm. right? If you want to lose weight. 
So, you know, people go on about the keto, the ketogenic diet, and they think it's a, a magic diet that burns fat. Well, yes, the whole point of the keto diet is to run on ketones, which is a derivative which is fat. Yeah, fat, but you're consuming more fat. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, and I've got a friend that I'm thinking of right now that did lose a lot of weight on keto and he thinks that the keto diet is just magic solution to losing weight. Well, all you did, dude, was you paid attention to what you were eating and you stopped overeating carbs. Yeah. <laughs> because carbs are really easy to overeat. Yeah. They're, they're probably the best tasting food, yeah. you know? Um, and sugars fall under the category of carbs essentially yes. too. Yeah. So yeah. you've got t- a lot of people have two things that they think about. They think of sugars as one thing, carbs as another, but really you're eating the same thing. Yes. In, yeah. a, in a way, in terms of how, so it's they both fall under the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. They both fall under the br- umbrella of carbohydrates, glu- but, um, glucose or, but as soon as yeah. you eliminate that from your diet, or it's usually as soon as anyone pays attention to their diet, Yeah, you know, if they go vegan, you know, it's not because you've gone vegan. It's usually because you've just paid attention to what you're eating. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not here to sort of argue whether, you know, um, which diet, or which whatever, diet. Yeah. yeah. All what I focus on is your caloric intake. Um, you know, I can show you science this high and validate it that caloric intake is number one after sustainability. But it has to be like, there's, it's just like, it, it's Occam's razor. It's, it's of, weird. Um, it's weird that diet can get so complex and, and people can sort of confuse people so much. Cause basically well, I think if you just pay attention to your calories, their, a lot of nutritionists want to justify yeah. their paycheck really like yeah the well there's a guy there's, there's a good guy that calls out a lot of bullshit um lane norton i'm, I'm sure some oh, a lot yeah, of people yeah, are familiar yeah. with him so lane norton is a phd and he'll ram it down your throat that he's got a phd yeah. like he's renowned he's been on rogan right uh yes yeah he was on rogan with they, they did um, that dom, keto was debate. it dom dia yeah, yeah dom diagostino so um yeah they had a really good conversation and i i really enjoyed that conversation but if you follow lane online He's a bit of a bully and, and he's known... In a way, it's good because he calls bullshit. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's bad just because the way he goes about it, it's almost like he was probably... Condescending. Yeah, yeah. Condescending and, and continually brings up the fact that he has a PhD, which is yeah. cool. But, um, you know, the way he goes about certain things. But his message is really simple as well. Calories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, calories. And then then use those calories for something decent, something nutritionally dense. Yeah. So the whole thing with my three and free diet is I prescribe three meals that are super calorie dense and then I give you a window at the end of the day. Or really, I like the window at the end of the day. You can have that window wherever you want. So I'll give you your remaining calories. So if my three nutritionally dense meals cost, let's just say a thousand calories, and your metabolism burns 2000 calories in a day and you're looking for a maintenance style diet, which is obviously consuming the same amount of calories that you burn in a day. Well, if my three meals that I prescribe are a thousand calories, I'm going to give you another thousand calories for you to go nuts, right? Because I'm satisfied that my three meals that I prescribed are enough enough nutrients, so enough protein, carbs and fats and micronutrients to sort of satiate you and give your body something to do with. So if you're training in the gym, give you enough protein so you can recover. Um, but then I give you your window of your, your what I call your free calories. It has been something that I've followed for easily seven years, easily, without yeah. even thinking about it. And then uh, everyone that sort of trains under me, I, I nurture them into this three and free style and everyone is amazed that they can lose weight but still eat whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And that you can just fit it in. And it's uh, it's almost like... Because people talk about if it fits your macros or flexible dieting. 
Um, and if you're a trainer online and you promote that diet, you tell everyone it's the easiest thing ever. It's so easy. I can eat whatever I want. And that's where this whole mm. sort of fitness thing where people were putting up photos of Pop-Tarts and the pizza. And, and yeah, everyone's sort of saying, oh, look, I'm eating yeah. pizza and I'm still losing weight. Yeah, you are because you're just in a caloric deficit. Yeah. But uh, if it fits your macros basically says you can eat, uh, well, they give you your caloric value. So they might work out that your metabolism will tick over or your total daily energy expenditure is two and a half thousand calories. Then what they do is they divide those two and a half calories between protein, carbs and fats. And they say, okay, man, I want you to eat 120 grams of protein, 160 grams of carbs and 40 grams of fat go nuts and so people go oh i've got all this freedom because i can eat whatever i want as long as i hit those numbers but now you're spending all day on your phone tracking those goddamn numbers and tracking everything that goes into your face right so you can yeah sure you can have your pop tarts for breakfast and then pizza for lunch but now you're out of carbs and fats yeah and now you can basically only eat boiled chicken for the rest of the day because you've got to fit in and make up your protein count yeah so that to me that's not the most sustainable way to go about it um i really like my three and free plan where i give you three meals and then you don't have to worry about anything else but calories yeah it just makes it so much easier but um it's always going to be a reflection of your motivation because some people say that's a difficult diet the one that i prescribe and i go whoa because all i usually i get told it's easy but then i sort of get a little bit deeper and it's always just a reflection of their true motivation if something's difficult you're just not motivated enough well that's what i've been saying lately is like good things come to those who really want them yeah it's like that it's literally that yeah mate motive like this again i've had a few tough years and i know that motivation is you know sort of the most important thing in my life being motivated but also discipline and not confusing motivation with discipline you you have to earn motivation I reckon. Well, yeah, I think it's, it comes very closely in hand with discipline, being disciplined yeah. enough, you know, because people will say, oh, you know, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not very motivated. Well, get more discipline then. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that uh, motivation runs on momentum, which is, it's it's a constant maintenance phase. Like you have to keep, you have to keep yourself motivated. Yeah. Like I think that, yeah it's a that's a real hard one and and that's what i was saying before about the surfing like i'm motivated to train i'm sort of not that motivated to surf yeah i know i want to surf yeah but getting out of the bed when the alarm goes off like you know but when it comes to training that's easy yeah and again it's like good things come to those who really want it do i just do i really want to surf right right now not really obviously because if i did i'd just do it there's nothing stopping me yeah there's time and blah blah well i could fucking make more time if I'm more disciplined. Yeah. So there's like these, it's like discipline and motivation. Really, they do go hand in hand and then you've got momentum. And if you can keep momentum, like keep a ball rolling, don't fall too far off the wagon. Don't mm. take too many days out of the water. Don't have too many days off the program to where you can yeah. let yourself slide to the point where motivation's lost. Because I really, I do think that there is like a, a, a relationship between that and momentum that you really have to keep you have to keep it within the same sort of window yeah if they get fully torn apart then you literally start from square one the rock is at a standstill and you've you know it's it's so much easier to push a fucking rock when it's already moving yeah right you know yeah. that and that's what i think about that momentum of 
of motivation. I think yeah, I think I got a good example in regards to goal setting and motivation and and momentum because something that I've been focusing on a lot lately is is with my athletes and clients where they set their goals and what they compare themselves to. Yeah. That's really really important because people will set their goals sky high, which I encourage. Sure. Reach for the stars. But you're not allowed to compare yourself to that goal. Mm. All right? So you need to compare yourself to where you are. So not only do you need to set a goal, you also need to recognize where you are. So obviously in my industry, it might be a strength sort of thing or a fat sort of thing, like seeing your body fat percentage. Um, and they, you know, someone might say, okay, I want to be 8% body fat, but they're currently say 20% body fat. If they just keep looking at that 8%, it's going to be a really shitty process. Yeah. Because you're always going to be comparing yourself to 8%, which you're not at. And you know what? You don't really have a right to compare yourself to that. So I'll put it in a different light. Um, I have a guy that I'm thinking of right now, and he trains really well. But for, nothing's ever good enough for him. Yeah. So we did 100, like he did his first 100 kilo bench the other day. So I'm high-fiving him, you know, and he's like, oh, it should be like 120. should be like, you know, I should be heaps stronger. Yeah, Why? Half empty. Why are you allowed to compare yourself to that? Because you've just done something you've never physically done in your life. The 100 kilo bench was his PB. So you, instead of, why are you pissed off? You should be celebrating. You literally just did something you have never physically been able to do in your life. Yeah. And you're pissed off about it? It's simply because of what he's comparing it to. He should have been comparing it to where he started, which was 40 kilos bench three months ago. Yeah. Right? So it all that's where sort of that momentum, I guess you're sort of talking about, comes into light because... If you set a goal, excellent. Recognize that goal, see where it is, but you need to know, also recognize where you're starting. And that's where you compare yourself to and you just monitor yourself on that goal, but you don't compare to it. Comparison is the thief of joy. Did you just make that up or is that no, a saying? that's a saying. Okay, I was going to say, nice one, man. That's a saying from a man much smarter than me. Yeah. I don't know who actually said that. But yeah, that's like a... That is a super true statement. Like yeah. comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, Anytime right. you compare yourself to anything that like you're not going to be or, you know, that you're not yet, it's not going to feel good. And yeah. then if you're comparing yourself to someone that's worse than you, yeah. then that's coming from a place of ego, which is probably not a great place to live either. Yeah, I'm um, I'm actually listening to that audio book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck right now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know it's old news to a lot of people. I, I sort of started seeing it, I think, like easily three or three years ago. Yeah. Started seeing people reading it and stuff. And I was almost drawn away from it because of the title. Because mm. it's like, oh, you know, I would assume that the book is all about not giving a fuck. Yeah. But it's not. You know, if you if you actually read the book. Just giving it, a fuck about the right about shit. About the right shit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, mindset wise, you know, knowing that life is happening for you and you are responsible for the way that you receive, you know, everything that's happening yeah. to you. So in a way, you're always responsible um, did you ever read Extreme Ownership? Yeah. Yeah, Jocko Willink? Yeah. yeah, that was a really cool book Dude, I've too. met him. He's a fucking... Oh, you met him? Yeah, he's a really good dude. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. He'll come on this next like next yeah, time he's in Australia. Sick. I met him last time he was here. Really yeah, wow. Tell nice him guy. to come and train with me. Dude, I fucking will for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a crazy, crazy, crazy nice dude. Yeah, but yeah, I'll test I, his I, craziness. Yeah, I read that... Um, I read that extreme ownership like i met him at a book signing i, I just went mm. there for it wanted to meet it's him. it's a very powerful concept mate it's fucking foolproof yeah really yeah in my so opinion. basically it means just being uh, 
taking full responsibility for everything fault. in your life. Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. your fault. Because yeah. I, I like to think like my one of my main philosophies in life is I want to be a person that happens to the world. I don't want to be a um, person that the world, the world happens is happening to. to. Yeah, because that just is my way of saying like I don't want to be a victim. Yeah, and it's fucked up in a way because like there is shit that is out of your control and it's your fault and they're fucked up situations to be in but at the end of the day somewhere along the line you made a choice to put yourself in that place yeah somehow some way you're responsible for it or or you but you're always responsible i think what the more powerful message is you're always responsible for how you react to situations 100 percent. and a really good mate of mine steve um, who I get to train with, you know, a fair few times a week. He um, is always saying, you know, life is happening for you, and there's always a lesson to learn out of every situation. And mm. he's right, man. He's right. And if you can let go of that ego, like as you know, you know, I've had some things, you know, some good and bad things happen to me over the last few years. And uh, if I can sort of just let let go of my ego and just learn the lessons and look forward to the to the point in life where. Um, I'm hoping that I will be thankful for the experiences that, oh, I've, man, that, that I have. That fucking always happens too. Like I've, I've got a friend that he's one of my best friends. He's gone through a tough time with like a relationship and whatever. And, you know, I like I'm seeing him now struggling and I'm seeing him this upset and I'm talking to him and I'm going through everything with him. And I'm like, I feel so fucking bad for him. But at the same time, like, it's so hard to tell people when they're in the moment that like there will be a point when this fucking yeah. shit storm turns into a rainbow. That's where I'm and at, And it's man. like, it's either, you know, in the case of like, say it's a girlfriend that breaks up with you and it's like, all right, well, here's the fucking, here's the thing. You're either going to get back with her and it's going to be great because you've had time apart and you have figured out what you really wanted and mm-hmm. then you come back to each other. Happy fucking story. Or it doesn't and you end up with a new person yeah that you fucking love and you have all these experiences and then you take everything that the lessons that you, that you learned that. out of that and then you put it into this new thing and Just it's like, like you said happy story again either way yeah you know like and but it's like that's a way you have to look at it yeah. and it sucks in the moment and i think that there's a certain um validity to feeling everything that you're supposed to feel in a situation like you know, you should feel angry. You should feel um, disrespected. You should feel uh, heartbroken. You should feel sad because in life you need those things to then create the yang to that yin, which yeah. would be happiness, love, joy, appreciation, gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can't have all those things. You can't have dark without light. You yeah. can't have fucking wet without dry. Yeah. There's all that. There's a there's a duality in life that you cannot like. As much as you want to not there's a feel gift. The- there's a gift somewhere, you know. Um, and with my situation, you know, I've gone through the the divorce from hell. That's that's dragging out over two years, and and it it's affected my time and my relationship with my daughter. That I hold, you know, you know how closely I hold her to my heart. Yeah. Um, but I guess the gift that I'm going to take out of it is when I have a good relationship, I think I'm going to be a great person in that relationship and I'm going to appreciate my daughter even more. Yeah. So, um, you know what I'm doing this weekend? What's that? I'm, uh, I'm doing ayahuasca. Are you? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. you so, got to tell me where you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm... Um, uh, Are you doing it here? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. In Byron. 
No shit. Yeah. Proper, like, guided by a shaman and a proper ceremony. So, not just, you know, getting on ayahuasca. It's it's a proper guided sort of ceremony. Yeah. Um, and it was from... Because I put up a post not too long ago about... I was I was so prepared I was going to travel to Peru and um, and do the proper ceremony over yeah. there. And I was then, only just talking about that, like, yesterday. Yeah, the, the beauty of social media again. Uh, a friend that I've known, you know, for years, a really, really good mate of mine, I used to swim with him. He reached out and he goes, hey, dude, you know, my family know a shaman and blah, blah, blah. And it's all come from there. And uh, Damn. tomorrow, man, it's on. Have you done much psychedelic stuff before no, that? No, nah, nothing. Yeah, my advice would be that you I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit scared you yeah, know, I'm you, nervous, yeah you will but, be um, the thing with psychedelics is well like you've smoked weed yeah like, heaps. that's a psychedelic yeah, yeah. really yeah so the well I like to I vape most nights you know that's part of my sort of nighttime routine and and that's not a that's not a decision that I took lightly you know like I've never sort of gotten into any drugs or barely even drink or anything yeah. Um, but yeah it's it's funny when you start to do real research on certain things and um vaping at night for me has been something that i've introduced into my healthy routine i'm the exact same yeah it's part of my health routine and uh you know a lot of people are resistant or or, you know sort of taken back by that but give it what do you reckon three to five years it'll be completely mainstream i almost guarantee that's why i'm cool to talk about it on this and i just i don't give a fuck because like in you know anyone that wants to judge me for smoking weed and whatever i'm like dude in three years you'll look like fucking idiots or five yeah. years or because everyone's gonna do it I, we're just yeah, I believe so. we're people that are ahead of the curve yeah. and it's the same as when i'm fucking old like 35 36 37 i'll start doing trt and i'll do all the shit that's taboo because like the reason all this shit's taboo is it's just old 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 ideas yeah that have become ingrained into yeah. culture and i just don't i don't feel too to comfortable be, talking about it um because I'm not I'm not an expert yeah but the research that I did to to make the, the decision that I made to vape at night um, you know I'm, I'm satisfied that it is and it's it was it was part of my health routine yeah um, and it's only had positive and what health for me. benefits do you think you get out of it? mate I I can actually switch off at night yeah I'm so, the, that's where I'm at yeah so I'll, I can have tough days and it's not it's something that I check myself you know because I'm really yeah. worried about oh am I dependent on something or yeah. not and I would never ever allow myself to be dependent on anything but it is something that um, I enjoy and makes my life better and I get to relax at night I get to eat and then I go to sleep dude I'm 100% the exact same way and you know what I actually so fuck how long would I be smoking for now It'd be like years now. I'm probably on two years. Yeah, I reckon I'd be longer. I reckon now, like I've been home almost two years. But um, but yeah, like I for the first, like I pretty much always like once I started, I was like, this is really good. Like yeah. this helps me. Yeah. My problems are I don't sleep. So if I'm the if I don't smoke at night, I will I will be up till two o'clock every single no matter what yeah. every single night two two thirty three thirty. And then I'll set my alarm for 7.30 because I fucking can't wake up later than that. I'll sleep past that mm. if I don't have an alarm because I stayed up so late. But yeah. I just can't call myself a productive human if I don't wake yeah. up uh, on or I think before that's 7.30. A, yeah, that's a good attitude, yeah. And, uh, but the problem is, and I'll work. And like even Mick the other night, like I put the Supergross thing up. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And then he gets up in the morning and because he's got all the access to shit. He's like... Yeah fuck what time were you up till last night are you productive like, when you smoke 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not. I can't. No. So I think I can be, and I cannot be. Yeah. Well, I think it's the but way. I make a choice. Yeah, it's yeah. the way that I've introduced it into my life. Yeah. Um, I've I don't do it socially. Um, it's just part of my nightcap routine. You know, I know yeah. guys that have a whiskey and stuff before they go to bed. Now, if if you condemn weed, but you drink. Yeah, you're, you're on another planet, mate. Yeah, you're fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah, um, you know, like alcohol is way, way worse than um, a plant that grows in the ground. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not productive on it at all. But I do think that's but because that's of my the appeal. Yeah, yeah the, the way yeah. that I, I've sort of introduced it into my life. I I'm, I only do it when when I'm ready to switch off for the day. Yeah. And then I, you know, I have only a little bit and I make sure it's under control, you know, because I'm always uh, worried, but I'm realizing there's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. You know, it's just so funny that, um, and then, you know, people find out if I, you know, if they find out I do vape and then they question it, you can tell that they're just been brainwashed by just society at the moment. But, you know, just like you said, three to five years it's going to be completely mainstream. So, and I look at the people around me that like, so even my mum, my mum would be like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. and we've got a problem with drugs in our family, which is a, uh, that's, that would be the real reason behind it is there's, there's some, yeah, there's some problems with drugs. And, and there's absolutely some people that, that, um, marijuana doesn't agree with, oh, for sure. you know, just like fucking any, everything is alcohol. Yes. But so, I mean, that, I think that's like more her angle, but then there's like all this stuff in her life that she struggles with, like, with like menopause and she's getting all these hot flushes and she can't sleep and like all this shit where I'm like, just, if you fucking smoke one mm. little bowl with me at night, you're going to have the best night's sleep. And like it's that's it's like changing a little bit. Like my dad, we got I got like a CBD pen for my dad. Yeah. So he's got like CBD oil because he struggles with his yeah. knees. But so what I was saying before, so I'd smoked for like fucking years, man. So and since I since I started, has been there's been a lot of good stuff that's happened in my life, and I think it's just come from the fact that it's it's let me balance some shit out a bit because yeah. I was working so fucking hard but not getting as much done mm-hmm. because I was just tired all the time. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't have motivation to go to the gym. I wasn't really doing anything. I just got in this mentality. It was probably your swimming mentality, but I have that for work yeah, where right. it's just like yeah. the fucking more that you can do, the better it's going to be. Yeah. And then people would be like, Oh fucking, you know, blah, blah. I'm, like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm so bit. And I'd like, I'd roll myself up. And I thought like the more I thought I was busy, the, the more I must be busy. But I'm like, it's just not the case, dude. Like, so then it was, it was in the States where it was just, you know, I didn't smoke weed until I was probably 24. And then once I did, it took me a while to actually enjoy it. I was like, oh, that's fucking shit. Because it was oh, just yeah. in a social experience. Yeah, right. and I was just yeah. like, it slowed me down. I yeah. didn't talk as much. I wasn't yeah. Yeah, being yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. Like I, I didn't yeah. feel up myself. Yeah. But then um, my ex, my ex-girlfriend's brother, he was just like a full stoner. Like mm. just every night got stoned, played video games. And then I got so fucking tired of not sleeping and then just working all the time. And then I was living with this dude because I've never lived. That was the other thing. Like I never lived with a normal person. So like he had a job and then he finished at five and then he come home. Yeah. And then he fucking smoked weed and played video games. Then he went to bed and then he did it all over again. Yeah. I've lived with like Jay Reinenberg, who is my old business partner. And we were just fucking hustlers, bro. Like just 24 seven, like working on video projects. I'd be editing. He's pitching stuff. Like we're just on all the time, traveling all over the world, going all these races. And then when we stopped working together and then I started working with Wes, Mm. Wes is on another fucking level. 
So Wes and me are just like, we're doing the opposite. We're taking fucking Adderall to stay awake and yeah, work. That's an epidemic in Bro, itself. Yeah. That in America is, that's yeah. like the craziest shit. But you know what? Fucking, if you want to get some shit done, take Adderall. No. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> no. I had a I had a video series that I had to do for Transmodo. And it was like 12 videos. And then I had to get on a plane to go to New York. And I just, poor time management, left it late. So anyway, I get up at like five in the morning, mm. take this Adderall. My flight Dude. to... My flight to um, New York left San Diego at like nine. So I'd have to leave my house at six, six fifteen or something. Mm. So anyway, take this Adderall at like five thirty in the morning. I fucking worked nonstop, dude. I don't even remember getting up to take a piss. Fuck. I edited all twelve videos, which would have been like a like a week project for me, dude. That's like just a normal... <laughs> I'm not even... Like, You're going to get people hooked on this shit now. I won't even take well, I Panadol, even, man. Like, just, I barely... I, yeah, I, have I don't, a, like, I don't like any prescription meds. I don't like meds. You know, I barely even take that. But yeah, like that's why... For for me, vaping at night was a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you do CBD as well? Yeah, honestly. So I don't... I've got a CBD pen that I've got and I don't know that it does and as much what do you mean me by as, a CBD pen oh like a vape pen so I yeah have right it, like yeah I just have no well like I've, I take the actual CBD oil and so what do you do with that I just oral oh so yeah, yeah, yeah it's I mean the combination of the THC that I get from the vape yeah so I just put the weed in and vape vape the weed and then I'll have um, I'll just put a little bit of just a rice grain yeah spit out of CBD oil and um, so the THC puts me to sleep. The CBD keeps me asleep. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I have felt healthier and and better ever since you know including those into my health routine. Yeah. Um. You know, I've got a mate that he he has sleeping tablets every single night. Yeah, no, and I, I fucking hate no. that. I, so I hate I, that. I had that, dude. When I was a kid, man, I fucking had insomnia, like bad. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep, and I was on. It's hard a, for me to comment because I have. I've never had real issues with sleeping, but. You know, sometimes with the situation I'm in, my mind will tick over. And uh, but yeah, the vaping, and then in, in, I've only recently started the CBD oil as well. Yeah, um, and that that puts I'd be me interested. Down deep. I should back to back mine versus yours because I, I just mm. don't. I haven't had any other than the stuff that I've got. Yeah, but like so, I guess what well, I've fucking got keep getting distracted in these stories. But yeah. I, since I started, I hadn't really had any like extended period of time off. Yeah, and then I was like, oh my is it too much because I'll I'm fucking brutally honest like I don't want to I'm the same as you I don't want to be a person that's dependent on something mm. just because it feels good doesn't yeah. mean it is good and you can alcohol cocaine all that shit like that's what you apply it to so I'm like I, I really need to be strict on myself because and especially with the family drug stuff of yeah. like am I doing this too much is it actually benefiting my life and yeah. like so i almost was but like that's good to you know to yeah, keep yeah. it in check and, and check so i i just said look well, i'll go to vietnam and i didn't have any in yeah. the house at all yeah. so like i'd finished everything by the time i went to vietnam flew to vietnam did that trip and then i come back and it was like two months yeah where i had no wheat yeah, at good. all yeah and i i know the fucking i know that i back to back it yeah I, I went back to working till three and I, I went back to some of these old habits that I now think are super counterproductive. Mm. Like I need to be able to relax. I need to turn. Yeah. And like what we were saying before, like my mind's going all the time. Like I don't feel present, but I feel like I can be more present 
and more into the moment like the other night um so i've just started like pretty much this week is the first week i've started back smoking again yeah and so we were watching i just instead of like i actually had my laptop on on my lap and then i was like oh fuck all right i'm closing my laptop smoked then i just put on a netflix show yeah and it's like i was just into it i was really into the show and i was like amazed by it and yeah i know it was cool life really is that little bit better only you know at, it when, can't be when all the times, the time, yeah. Though, when yeah. the times right, yeah. So for me, it's at night, and I enjoy food way more, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I enjoy, you know, um, just just watching TV, and I, I feel like I appreciate everything way more. Yeah, and but, it's um, good to be. You know what is funny though about the CBD? So like, because do you, you don't get like super super high idea when you smoke? There's no no. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, when no. you smoke weed. Yeah, when I smoke. Yeah, but the CBD doesn't have no, any THC. No. But in when it. you so when you do you ever just get like fucking properly cooked like, um, with weed? Oh uh, no. Yeah. No. So like I like that shit every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> like and so I'll, yeah. sometimes I'll have like I'll um I'll smoke a little bit to do like the wind down thing, but I'm yeah. not just fucking gorn skis. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then like right before bed, I'll just I can go see how far I can push this. Yeah, big, <laughs> big, big time, big time, and then just get into like the full fucking space. So yeah, like yeah. the the crazy zone. Yeah, because I like being there, and and psychedelics. That's where you go. Well, so yeah, that's I mean, where weed is. So I mean, I don't know whether you want we'll to see try, how I like, go on uh, tomorrow tomorrow night oh, you're doing it tomorrow. i'm doing it tomorrow night yeah That's i'm doing this it. ayahuasca ceremony no, i can't, so. I can't I'll be fucking calling you because well you better call me on sunday just to make sure i'm still alive yeah, but sure i'm sure alive. i'm sure i'm gonna be fine well i think like my advice for it and that's where like when people say weed's not a psychedelic like if you get crazy fucking stoned and like have you ever had much edibles no um uh, once or twice maybe um but yeah that's actually something that i, I actually you call me because i, I want to try and make some butter yeah, yeah yeah well dude it's a it's a totally different thing and it's a bit more psychedelic i reckon yeah but like i don't know if you just smoke enough like if you smoke a whole fucking joint to yourself like you are gonna be pretty whacked yeah and you go into like that place because so the thing with psychedelics and like what you'll feel with the ayahuasca thing is you'll have you done ayahuasca nah, no no nah, yeah. but i've done other psychedelics dmt no nah, i'm gonna do mushrooms this weekend though oh yeah yeah we're all gonna do some decent mushrooms which is yeah. pretty fucking cool but i want i want to um i just haven't been around dmt like i have i would like to do it yeah i wonder if i want like i feel like i need to um have like another maybe this mushroom thing will be good for that just because i feel like i want to just know that i could be in check because you've got to let go so like when you do your ayahuasca obviously just speaking to someone that hasn't done it but with my experience that i have had with that stuff you can't fight the feeling like when you know when people say like oh i smoke too much weed once i had a panic attack or whatever i think that comes from like you're trying you're not letting go yeah of like yeah it's like reality that that reality slips away yeah and i've had that like i got like when when i first started smoking one of my mates is one of the best action sports photographer in the world for mine and uh he's just a He's one of those dudes that's like a functional stoner. He's stoned all day, all day, every yeah, day. Not me. No, I'm not that guy either. But um, so anyway, we 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 our car, our van broke down in Vegas, and he had like a a green like a weed card from California. Oh no! He's like, oh, I'll go try buy some shit. So anyway, we waited for like fucking ages. Um, so we bought he bought all this shit, and then we went. We finally got going. By the time we got back, we we're just like, fuck, we're gonna get on it. 
So anyway, I just stood out there and smoked a joint with him and I didn't think a lot of it. But like this stuff was so fucking strong, bro. Is that true? Oh, from bro. a dispensary. Yeah, yeah so it yeah. is. It's crazy. Strong. Oh, it's way stronger over there. Wow. Way, way, yeah. way, 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 way stronger. But yeah, so I'd smoke this joint and I was like, and all legal. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, all legal. legal. Yeah. yeah. So well, I mean, I don't know. Technically, well, it's what not about that? It's, yeah, it's that's fucking weird. that. That blew my mind. I, I saw something about it and um, like Colorado. It was legalized, so people. So it's st- people the thing open. is, it's state legal. State legal, but it's not federally That's legal. That's just. I want to know who that motherfucker was that pulled the trigger on those raids in Colorado. Uh, who was that? Who was, was that like, asshole? It was probably like Jeff Sessions or something. Who There's was like- that asshole that they knew that Colorado, the state, had made it legal? Yeah. So people open dispensaries completely legal, doing the right thing, you know. And then the fucking feds came in and raided their shops and stuff because it's because it's federally illegal. Yeah. Who was the guy that pulled that trigger? What and a like, dick! Have you ever met a dude that grows weed that's like an aggressive asshole? No. That grows like really good yeah. weed. Not, you know what I mean? But like really yeah, cares. That, it's just like it's such a nice community off. of people. Yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, I had this one that yeah that one time, and I like I ended up I was trying to just be cool, like you know they're all just my friends, so I wasn't like wasn't weird about him seeing me fucked up or anything like that i just legit was like oh i can't i was like i can't swallow and i'm like trying to like <laughs> and i'm like fucking close. i'm like oh no. no and uh and then i was like i can't fucking breathe i can't breathe i can't swallow felt like my throat was closing in and then like full fucking paranoid stoner like mm. googling like does your throat get closed from smoke? Oh, i was like man, i've had some kind of but like but what it, all it is is I was just like getting I was fucking high and I was struggling to accept and then everything tightens up you get tense and you're like Ugh! and you start to freak out that instead of just like letting go yeah. and being like oh this is a different feeling and so that's why that's why sometimes I'll just get that baked because it's like I want to get that feeling of like it's almost like a mental gym in a way if that makes sense to where no. it's like <laughs> because that's not the easy option yeah right yeah so it's like you're looking you're like forced to move an uncomfortable weight that you don't want to move well um oh, i got the funniest story when i first ever did it like I, it took me a long time to make the decision to try it um i bought a vape because i've never smoked it because the only downside that i read was or the my research sort of told me was smoking it you know that the heat hurts your lungs yeah so vape there's the answer so I bought a vape, you know, got my little bit of weed and that. And I remember sitting down. Do you vape the herb? Yeah. 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 So you got like a Pax or something. Yes. Yeah. I actually have one, but uh, I've also, but I got the Mighty as well. I want to try that. The Stores and Bickle Mighty. Yeah. I want to try it because I, um, my friend, I've had, well, actually I have tried it with Anthony, but I haven't consistently yeah. done it. Well, I've got it. the Pax as well. Uh. Um, but the first one I had was a Haze. It was called a Haze. And um, I remember, like, I put it in and then I had about six draws, like, yeah. you know, and I swear to God, man, because I wasn't doing it just to get high, yeah. you know, I, I was I was looking for all, all the health benefits that I wanted from it. And um, I had had about six draws. And then I remember I was just sitting there and I was like, move. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Trinity, I don't want get to. up. And I'm like, yeah, move. And I'm like, I don't want to. And I, I hadn't realized I forgot you get high. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I wasn't doing it for that reason. Yeah. I totally forgot that you get high. And, um, and I remember sitting there going, holy shit. And I didn't know how much I had. So I'm like, the first time I've ever been high, I'm like trying to Google, like type into the phone, oh. how much, you know, like how much should you have and, and what's, a, what's a lot or what? I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, but I survived. You always survive. That's no a, one dies. That's the thing you got to remember. So like going into this weekend, like that's the thing is like you, you would just, you've got to remember that like as uncomfortable or as as weird as it starts like yeah. hitting you or coming on or you've just got to be like all right cool this is what right it's supposed it to be this is what it's supposed to do well i want that benefit of you know so many people say they have the experience they do ayahuasca they go through the ceremony they have that experience and then they come out of it with a whole new lease on life yeah you know, like i want to be able to appreciate the shit things that have been happening to me i would say as a piece of advice don't go into there wanting a certain thing mm. want whatever it gives you yeah yeah that, right if that makes sense yeah like i, I really like i really think like all my experience of doing psychedelics and anything like that mm. is just don't go in with a preconceived want or uh an expectation because then you can be let down or, yeah, and then you point. can you can let it change your experience yeah so like oh, i'm sure having the benefit of having the shaman like proper yeah, shaman yeah. like i'm sure he's good like that's gonna help and i'm glad i'm doing it properly you know yeah well that dude perfect example was um i got super cooked went into a float tank yeah oh, I, I haven't done that yet yeah, i've floated but i haven't done it baked yeah. yeah so it's like it's fucking cool but um i want i was like stressed about all this work shit and i was stressed about this and that and then i went in there with like okay i'm gonna go in and i'm just gonna focus on um focus on these things and then all i thought about was jujitsu for an hour yeah i literally watched myself in third person do jujitsu yeah and it was like it was the sickest experience but it wasn't the one that i was like hoping to get Mm -hmm. and for at the start i was like oh i'm wasting my time fucking hell like i should be thinking about this but yeah I, I that's yeah it's a good point that's dangerous yeah. to go and and want something out exactly. of it exactly so like i get and, what you're saying especially yeah. you know with the heavy stuff that you're dealing with mm. you know and it might be it's like when you say uh, i had deja vu the other night Did you ever get deja vu yeah yeah so i had deja vu and then i said to ricky i was like oh, i'm having deja vu and then i was like fuck I knew that whatever was come, like I stopped it. I stopped the yeah. thing that was, that actually happened next. By recognizing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So like by yeah. saying, cause in my deja vu, I was in bed and cause I just got Hurley back. Yeah. My dog yeah, from yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. then yeah. I just got him back. And before he got to Australia, I had this deja vu dreams type thing where he was laying in the exact same. So everything was the same. There's a candle in the room. Everything was the same. And then he got up and then he moved. And then, I was to the point where he was just about to move and then I said, oh, I've got deja vu. Yeah. And then nothing else happened. It was just like Crazy. everything got sucked away. Yeah. So I think the same thing can happen with like a, any kind of psychedelic experience or any kind of like intense like drug experience yeah. is if you start trying to change the change the road that you're going down, uh, it can kind of fuck with you, but it can also just stop what was supposed to happen happening. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think... 
anytime you do those kind of things, it's like that they have the, that it has their, its own plan. Yeah. And you shouldn't fuck with it. Yeah. I and agree. it might start going down a road yeah. that you're like, well, this doesn't relate to the problems that so come in. I want to fix. address. Yeah, yeah. Right. But just, but like, yeah, it right could be. Yeah. And by, ch- by changing it, that's a really, yeah, really good advice. Yeah. yeah. So I think that anytime I've done anything like that, where I'm going in and I'm like, this is going to be pretty intense. I just go in with that thinking of like, don't change anything. Don't think about anything else. Just mm. like, just exist in that moment. Yeah. So, and that's where edibles are really cool because they, they're pretty intense when you do like a lot of them Yeah. and you've really got to like ride out the storm and yeah. it always ends up it always ends up being like a whew. yeah well i've never got to that point where i want to get off the ride you know like i've never yeah. got to that point where i'm like oh I've, i don't want this anymore you know i think people should get to that point oh, i reckon like <laughs> but really like i've got to that point of fucking down the tunnel like, i yeah. want to go i want to go yeah want to go, no. go pineapples pineapples <laughs> pineapples <laughs> what is that one? that's like kevin hart's thing. Yeah, yeah kevin hart that's his, safe word yeah safe word. Pineapples. Pineapples, yeah. but um but no nah, it's fucking it's sick that it's sick that you're doing it yeah oh yeah i think it's i think it's appropriate and byron too would be pretty cool yeah yeah just thank god to my mate he's my mate has he's such a legend he's just um reached out over the last few weeks and we've been chatting heaps and um yeah really good guy so you've you've obviously like i guess talked about some of the stuff that obviously you don't have to go into like detail but you've been struggling with um like some mental sort of side of what of everything like I don't know, like how... What are you digging at, man? Well, like, I don't know, you said before yeah. that it's been good to give people advice and stuff. Like, yeah. what what are you learning about at the moment? Uh, well, I'm going... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoken about it much and I don't know whether it's appropriate to talk about it or not, but people seem to respect when I sort of talk about it. Um, I'm going through a really tough sort of divorce and, and this, you know, we, we separated two years ago. Um, but it's, it's the, it's the financial side of things, um, that's dragging out, but also, you know, in terms of my daughter, um, and that's, I've never experienced, you know, I used to roll my eyes at things like depression and anxiety. And, um, you know, as soon as I started having frustrations in regards to my daughter and when I can see my daughter and, you know, um, yeah, certain things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been super tough man and, and um i'm that statistic now you know i'm like father's rights and you know that, yeah. that sort of stuff and there really is man like i've been disgusted i've been absolutely appalled at the system you know the system's broken and, and you know stuff like that yeah and, and i do i feel like men are we struggle as, as men and fathers just for equal rights like i just want to be and equal and and my ex-partner just just can't seem to get that uh, that across that that thought that i am equal yeah i'm a a dad i'm not not a caretaker like you can't just dictate everything in regards to the care of my daughter yeah um and you know being in that especially when you're like a highly functioning adult I'm a good dad you know i I might i might half understand it if i was some shit bag yeah I'm a good dad. Like I'm a good person. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Um, and uh, it's the most frustrating thing I've ever been through in my life. Mm. Um, and I have gone in the depths of depression and anxiety and, and been up at night just crying. Um, and yeah, I don't really think I've ever really spoken about this sort of stuff, but um, I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I've been through hell, man. Um, 
but yeah, I guess exercise is, is sort of the, the thing that keeps me in check and then cer- certainly helps with everything. Um, but then my part of my health routine at night is when I, you know, uh, I've, I actually had a friend when I was in the depths of it, like really struggling and a friend came up and she was hanging out and she said, I'm not going to leave. You know, I was just crying. She was helping me move out of my house and, and all this sort of stuff. And I was just there on the couch, uh, just in absolute mess. And, um, and then I vaped and she was like, oh my God, I can see you now. Yeah. She's like, you're okay now. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know, and I, it wasn't just cause I was just stoned or anything, but it just sort of mellowed me out. And, and I guess you kind of just accept things as they are or, or see yeah. them in a different light. But, um, as soon as I started opening up about this sort of stuff, man, like my social media and that was just going crazy because I, I think well, it's a crazy a time that we live in. Yeah. yeah. A lot of, a lot of people are struggling, man. Yeah, the meth, dude. The messages I get on here are like are so hard for me to even like respond to, and it's not be, like I've definitely been depressed as fuck before. Like I've been in super bad situations mentally. Yeah, but at the same time, I still don't feel like qualified to speak on everyone's situation. Yeah, yeah. I be, time, I really, you know? you know, I try and always stay in my lane. And, yeah, you know, and but I guess my vehicle yourself. of dealing with it is fitness. And if, if I can offer, yeah. you know, help to people that are struggling in, in that regard through the vehicle of fitness or nutrition, um, then that makes me really happy, you know, and that's a new, because that's a new, new part of me. Um, you know, I was always just this swimmer guy, this athlete guy that just wanted to train hard in the gym but now I've got this whole new side of me where I'm also using the vehicle of fitness to help people that, that yeah. are struggling with mental issues as well. You know what we were saying before about like, um, you know, you'll know it's worth it or whatever, like at the end of the road, like once it's all sort of done and you're, you're back to feeling a hundred percent and yeah. then like the situation's resolved. But like, imagine if someone, like if someone come up to you now and said like, Oh, because of what you say about depression, anxiety, and fitness, you, you actually stopped me from killing myself. I yeah, would have killed myself. how powerful myself. is that? But then, like, would you then accept this burden a bit easier? Would it make you feel a bit better about everything that you're going through? If yes. you knew, you know, and yes. I think that... If it helps someone else down the track. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that might be a thing to sort of help you now. Yeah, right. Take some solace in that. Yeah. Because it probably is true dude like you probably are helping people that are like way on the brink yeah you know and i think that i think that's you know that through some of the messages that i've got i'm like fuck man like maybe there's one dude out there that like because he heard something that robbie madison said or that you said interesting he didn't fucking kill himself yeah then it's like that's a huge win for like or it made him smile or made him have a realization. I was, yeah, that's really cool. And man. then it's like, so, I mean, you know, as much as these burdens that you carry now, they just fucking suck. Like, mm-hmm. and they just feel like they suck the life out of you. But it's like, you know, if you could take a bullet for your fucking someone, like, that's really what you're doing, man. You know, you're taking a bullet for these people that don't have a platform and don't, you know, they don't have the, you know, your success in an industry. They don't have your career. They don't have you know the physical ability whatever it is Mm. like you know you can kind of if you frame it to where it's like you're taking a bullet for these people and you're actually by going through what you're doing you're saving Mm. them that that same struggle and it's like because what it's given you is the ability to understand like you said you you thought it was all fucking weirdness the depression anxiety thing Mm. and it's like you know now that you've gone through this you're able to be a person that can 
you know in like institute change and it's like fuck it and if someone told like right now it's like wishy-washy like oh maybe someone has maybe someone hasn't but just think like if someone did come up to you and definitively said like if you didn't go through this shit mm. with your ex i'd be dead yeah then you'd probably go that would be like incredible and awesome but i guess you know as it would make you feel worth it you know yeah, yeah be like, well, fuck, it's going it to anyway bad, mate because you know, it's all yeah. about mindset i'm going to feel like that anyway i know i am yeah um i am really looking forward to that i'm i'm lying right now as in saying that i know that it's uh, or sorry, I'm not lying, but but you believe it, I'm but not you there. Don't know it. I yeah. know, I yeah. know that sooner or later I'm going to be thankful for everything that's happened. I'm going to be a stronger, more resilient person. I'm going to have a better lease and outlook on life. I'm not there yet. I can't wait till I get there. I know I'm going to get there. Yeah. Oh, and and it's just it's just the fucking nature of it. And it's like you almost can't lose a race you don't quit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, mate. Yeah. Because that's what this life is. This or that even that, that principle, like just 1% better every week, yeah. you know, 1% better every day. Just, you know, just consistency, man. And then comparing it to like how you were, not to where you want to be. Yeah. Is key as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's sort of one thing that I always try and think of is like, that's where I get like, you know, with different policies and different, like, you know, like the gun thing or whatever. It's like, fuck, if it saves one life, isn't it worth it? Mm. Like if you could fully know that by making a certain kind of gun illegal, it might not stop everyone fucking dying. It might not stop every mass shooting that Mm. happens. It might not. But fuck, if it means one kid, little Sally doesn't fucking die. Oh shit. Then it's like- (laughs) This is a scary rabbit hole. But isn't it worth, you know, but I try and and apply that thinking to everything. Yeah. And it's just to like justify shit that seems, because that's what it is like, when you get depressed it's it's a big problem it's not like there's not this one thing so it's like i try i I try and apply like these extreme ways of thinking yeah right that it's like well if this was the case put it on a huge scale put it on like this insane scale yeah yeah. that then you can reduce down to like some really small insignificant thing that Mm -hmm. would actually really matter yeah that like doesn't seem that big of a deal to like yeah if someone said because you went through this and you talked about it i didn't kill myself yeah dude yeah and then you'd be like so would you go through it all again if it if you knew that i'd die as a result of it then you go fuck no it wasn't that big of a deal yeah so you know and it's it sounds silly and it doesn't help the feelings at the time but it's like i feel like it can give a bit of perspective to like big problems victim mentality and yeah yeah. and it's like because i think that's maybe some of the problem is like these these things that you deal with seem so big you're like this will not and it won't get better today it won't Mm. get better tomorrow it won't get better the next day won't get better the day after that yeah and you know that and that's a fucking sucky way to live this shit has dragged on just stupid like stupid amount yeah but again it's been the whole time i've known you yeah you don't know me yeah i was gonna say you've never met me man you're like you've only met the ryan that's dealing with a whole heap of shit well you're still a good cunt Uh, so so. so that's something are you still doing the houseboat thing yeah when's that all well that you know that's all part of my process man so that's so exciting um i'm moving on to a houseboat Um, i'm on a boat it's it's more of a house than it is a boat it's definitely like an apartment on water it's 
fucking awesome. It's so gangster. I'm like actually jealous of it. It's basically making the best of a bad situation because of all the, everything that's going on. You know, I'm selling the house, I'm getting out and I need a fucking change, man. Like, and I told you like just today, um, that experience living in Malta and doing what I did and being solo for so long. Um, I've always wanted a different lifestyle. I've always Mm. wanted a different kind of house and, you know, different, you know, uh, and this is the answer. And I'm, I'm so excited about that, man. I hope it all works out. I'm pretty sure it's going to work out. I know better than to count my chickens before they hatch, but, um, yeah, it's a pretty solid deal. And, um, I'm looking forward to, to that different kind of lifestyle, man. So don't be surprised if you see me hanging out on the broad water or in the tweed or something, just cruising on this boat. I'm getting into fishing heaps. I'm, um, I'm going to be spending a lot of time. Now? Yeah. And I bought all the spear fishing gear. I can't wait to get into spear fishing. So I've yeah. got a whole kit. I just, um, I haven't gone yet. I've gone swimming a few times and obviously I think I've got a bit of a leg up. You can swim because right. I can swim. Yeah. yeah. I can swim. All right. Um, and and the breath hold sort of stuff with free diving so i do that okay yeah um but i'm really looking forward i think that's going to be my new thing actually yeah um there's some six spots to do it out here yeah yeah well um yeah i've sort of identified a few places where i can go and um but yeah this whole this whole i'm moving on a house but i'm going full aquaman <laughs> that's fucking sick Dude, <laughs> yeah one of the things too that like obviously to fucking keep talking about jujitsu but like the whole like white belt thing I think there's it's something so important about being a white belt at something. Yes, mate. All the time. Yes, you like, are so, you you should be a beginner at something and not be fucking scared of being oh, a beginner. I know. That's something that I've said for years and and I love being shit at stuff and and trying new stuff and not having any, you know, any barriers to entry just because I haven't done it before, I might not be good at it. The best thing is being a beginner. Oh, dude, and man, the fucking like I think a lot of the t- a lot of the negativity and a lot of that shit like people just don't have a lot of purpose yeah and so many you know, people yeah well, so many people don't commit to doing anything because they don't want to be be a beginner or you know might be later in life when they're in their mid 30s late 40s yeah. you know whatever fuck that man i'm always going to try new yeah. shit because dude the gratification that comes from like i am like I'm technically still a white belt but it's like from the day i fucking walked in the gym I am a different human being, Come, fucking different. Mm. Like that, if the if the me from a year ago walked into the gym right now, that dude would go, "What the fuck? How am I supposed? I can't do that." Yeah, you know. I think it's so healthy to to, to, to be a beginner to, and stuff. And that's the same was like. So when you said the the spear fishing thing, like I'm excited for you because yeah, that's going back to a white belt. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you've you've achieved so much as a swimmer. And then you've achieved a lot as a personal trainer and you're a fit dude. And it's like you're at a maintenance phase of like keeping smashing these goals. But it's you're not a white belt at that anymore. Mm. But it's like to, to go back to be to be at a stage of like getting humbled yeah, is so fucking important. I think it's and so then important too. you there's like this double edged sort of you get humbled, but then you also start to achieve because at, at the start of that curve, anytime you start something new that's the most accelerated rate of yeah, learning of that learning, you're yeah. going to experience in that yeah in the, the leaps and bounds exactly yeah. and there's so much satisfaction in those big moments yeah because they start happening way more frequently mm. than um anything else in your life that you're already good at yeah so it's like that mentality and that that's when you said you know i'm getting into 
the spear fishing and the but it's like you look how excited you Straight are away, yeah i felt it too i felt it too i felt myself smiling as soon as i started talking about that i need yeah dude i need a big big change and that's what this year's about for me yeah and all my athletes and, and clients know it and we are having an awesome time um with the program and everything i'm doing at the moment yeah so how can people get involved in that program what would they do um is this a shout out yeah, to myself just a shameless plug, um, right? yeah shameless plug um no well instagram is is my go-to these days it's yeah. just ryan.gambin at um on instagram right? yeah. at, at ryan.gambin um and then my website is rgstrength.com mm. and um everything's up on there and i oh. can't wait man before you go mm. i need to ask you um so what we were talking about before about like so me training right yeah so what would be the what the recommended dose of strength and conditioning to see some results so like if i'm looking at a thing where it's like i'm training six days a week yeah and now I need X amount of strength sessions, which is your recommendation. Yep. And then I've then got to look at my week and figure out what I drop off and what I, you know, to fit in my macros of training. Yeah, of training you, wise, you know? yeah. So like, what well, would you think? Well, strength training, uh, my foundation are always the big four. So you got a squat, you got a deadlift, you got a bench, you got an overhead press. Um, and then there's a couple of supplementary exercises that go around them. So however you could fit them into a program. So usually I would need a minimum of two days, preferably three days, you know? So I think that's plenty for, for an athlete that's competing at a sport um, to spend in the gym. Two to three days, you know, when you're looking at your four and five days, that's getting really quite advanced, but yeah. you can make some serious strength gains in just, because I'm a minimum effective dose guy and that's, you know, the parade is a little bit 20% sort of thing. So I really just focus on on the bang for buck stuff. So that's why you got to squat, you got to deadlift, you got to press, um, and I can fit that in easily into a two or a three day program. And then, how tired do you think you'll be after that? I so my athletes don't walk out of the gym tired. Yeah, they okay. walk out of the gym feeling like better. Yeah, yeah, better because yeah. most of my athletes, people that are attracted to me, are usually in power based sports. Yeah. Um, and that's where I really, that's where I, I, you know, that's my jam. I like power. I like vertical jump. I like increasing people's um, ground reaction force. Yeah. So um, the ability to create energy into the ground and explode off the ground. So through their structures and frames and, and the energy that they can create and also receive. Um, I can easily do that in two to three sessions a week. Yeah. The other thing that I find, so I do outside of the gym, what I say I would put the most effort into, which I don't, I could do more, mm. but is mobility. Yeah. So I have, I'm like really fucking big into like the lacrosse ball. The, I've got the So Right. Have you seen that? Yeah, you've got one, have yeah. you? Yeah. Have you ever tried it? No, but I, I mean, I kind of do a similar thing with a kettlebell. Uh, so I lay on a kettlebell. Okay. Yeah. You come try it after. If yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do that and then I obviously foam roll. But I don't foam roll that much. I yeah. find the lacrosse ball is like my biggest thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'll spend, that's the, that is actually the best thing. That's what I'll do when I get stoned is I'll oh, just, yeah, right. fuck dude. That is I always have shit. good intentions. Like I'll be like, oh, okay, I might, might have a vape and then I'll have a stretch. Yeah. But then I get stuck on the couch. I get couch lock. Yeah, dude. No, nah, yeah. I'm telling you to, to do that stoned, it makes the pain different. Yeah. It makes oh, the Yeah. Whole, I would, I would believe that. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's actually, but, um, that's my favorite thing to do basically. Yeah. But th so that would be what I'd be really interested in as well, because like, especially like retaining guard if you can bring your legs yeah. or like if you, if I can get my knee to my collarbone with very little resistance and yeah. then that internal rotation with like my hips yeah. and you know what I mean well, so it's like 
that to me would I would see as like a massive benefit as well and it's like I don't know that I'm training my mobility or if I'm doing things that would enhance that I think that the stress the like a big one has been there at the back of my shoulder with the lacrosse ball yeah I've fixed all of the impingements in my shoulders just by the lacrosse ball being in the back of my uh, just trigger pointing yeah trigger pointing that and then like dude the fucking range I thought I was gonna have to have a shoulder surgery yeah right like this shoulder I couldn't straighten it but it just it felt like there was a bone chip in Mm. the front of my joint and it was from this muscle behind it being tight and that's from just self-exploration with this massage yeah and like putting in a lot of hours on the ground yeah well I you know like one of one of my big things is mobility and I'm always complimented um, for my mobility at my size um, and a huge misconception is strength training will make you less mobile. Um, not moving will make you less yeah. mobile. And strength training, when you train a full range of motion, makes you more mobile because you are moving. Mm. Um, there is something to be said about flexibility um, being... A, um, well, I don't I, think I'm that flexible, dude. Well, I don't want to come across in the wrong wrong way, but... Athletes need to be flexible enough to perform the tasks that they have to perform. Yeah. When you're more flexible than that, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, so it's not something that you have to. Mobility comes quite easily to me because before I train, I force myself to do mobility exercises. So I spend time in a deep squat. I do down dog. I do mobility flows. Yeah. So part of my training, I love my training routine. I do a little bit of light cardio. I do mobility work and it'll be like a flow. So it'll be a three to five minute flow of down dog to seated to stretch, you know, to yeah. movement. And it's just movement based stuff. Um, and that's that's why I can move because I keep moving. Yeah. So many people can't sit in a deep squat comfortably Yeah. with posture and sit down in a full squat. So many people can't do it because we don't do it. Do it, yeah. Right. So you won't find an Asian that has to when they go to the toilet, they they do a deep squat. Yeah. You won't find an Asian with tight hips. No. Because they regularly are in a deep squat. Yeah. But they're not doing mobility. Yeah. And and Blossom is is a beautiful example. My daughter Blossom, who's only five, um, she can sit in a deep squat with posture and play, you know, all day. And then I say, when will she not be able to do that? When she stops doing it. When she stops doing it. And, but if she keeps doing it, she'll be able to do it forever, you know? And just like me, people are surprised that I can sit in a deep squat and maintain it and I could literally sit there all day comfortably. Yeah. And then I'll have people that you would assume, like yourself maybe, you know, would you would sit next to me, you would assume that you're more flexible than me. Yeah. But you probably not because I'm regularly experiencing all those different ranges of motion. Movement really is medicine. Yeah. And... Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to come across wrong and say, because you can't... Well, I think that flexibility and mobility are pretty in, independent of each other. Yeah. Because I get told all the time when people are like, even last night, like goes like, oh, he's so flexible. And it's like a backhanded compliment in a way. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not that flexible, but I feel like I have dexterity and a certain range yeah. of motion in joints and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so you obviously know the difference between yeah, mobility and flexibility. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think that people get it confused because yeah. I need to work on Or they on think my, it's the same thing. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I'm not flexible. Like I can be, on my left hamstring, I can barely touch my toes. Yeah, if I've we got, were to do, say, range of motion tests where you know, I, sh- I get you to touch your toes, you yeah. know, or you do it dynamically with movement and you'd probably be sweet. But when someone's pushing down and like they're forcing my hip to go a certain way like there is there is a weird mobility and dexterity that i got yeah but i I would think that 
you know, I would benefit even more and more and more from more mobility and just being out of doesn't take a lot, man. If you have again, bang for buck, like again, minimum effective dose, like what are the key things that you could do that will address that? You can sort your mobility out in two to three minutes, you know, just before you train. Well, you know what I did, dude? So when I was up in Cairns, uh, there's a sick gym and, uh, they're called fusion fight and sport for anyone that's up there. Um, and, at the start of all of their jiu-jitsu classes the coach garrett's fucking super nice dude he does a five minute yoga for bjj thing yeah and like dude and he just flows through. oh yeah and yeah, i felt cool. like a bag of dicks when i walked <laughs> in the gym like i was like it was early i had to yeah i had to get up at five to get there for the six o'clock class yeah and i was just like hadn't yeah. eaten hadn't had a coffee i was felt like a fucking yeah bag of dicks you're talking about who gets up at four every morning yeah so <laughs> like you gotta sleep in uh, but so we uh we did this uh five minute yoga deal and i felt ready to fucking rip yeah and then i can't remember all of it but i can remember like quite a bit of it and now before class i'm doing my weird fucking yoga shit yeah and like it's just i felt so much more mobile i felt like Mm. it's like if your hips need to breathe or if you need to like pull them pull shit out so that new blood or whatever gets in there and lubes it all up yeah i felt lubricated a lot of my mobility routines i've got five strict mobility routines that i do all two to three minutes long um, a lot of it has been influenced from the stuff that I've done at jujitsu and yoga yeah. and then my own little spin on things as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well that, I think that would be something that would benefit, but yeah, I think that they're the questions I've had in terms of like, how many sessions would I need to do? How much would that take away from my skill-based training? Yeah. And then you got to suck it up and just come. Yeah. No, I'll, come. I will. Ne- next week we'll I'll come fun. then. Let's yeah. do a three day thing next week. Yeah. And then I'll just fucking see how I feel. But, um, but yeah, that's almost three hours, bro. Holy. Was there anything else? we? Co- I think we've covered everything that we... Uh, I think this was a better chat than the last one too. Yeah. I was in a weird mood that. I don't know why. Like the, It was the first podcast I've ever done where... So me and Mick went to dinner yeah. straight after it. And Mick was just like, fuck, he's such a nice dude. And man, should I ask this? And should I... He yeah, sent me a message after. Yeah. He, yeah. He was so nice, man. And I, I was just like, dude, I really... I just didn't feel like I was on my A game of this. Yeah. And it was like the first time where I was like, fuck i wish i could redo that well we tend to go funny. really long like i didn't realize that was three hours goes so quick yeah. yeah i had to look at it then i look at the little stopwatch down yeah, there let's um, sucker up dude what were no before we go because <laughs> when you finished last time yeah mick asked what you ate for breakfast <laughs> yeah. and then i was like fuck i wish we recorded that i almost forgot again but like you well, tell people your breakfast smoothie and breakfast routine well, well my routine is so i wake up in the morning i've been doing it forever um so I wake up in the morning. I, I like either fish or steak. So I'll rotate fish or, or steak in the morning. I just have spinach in with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I could do this shit with my eyes closed. So I wake up in the morning. I dump half a bag of spinach, um, orange juice and a carrot and some Himalayan um, sea salt in my blender. I'll blend that up and I'll skull that straight away, just straight down the hatch. Then I wash. Does it taste that bad, or you just no? Used it's to good. It? Yeah, yeah, it tastes like orange juice because I just use the yeah, orange juice, yeah, yeah, blend yeah. up the spinach and, and the carrot, um, and then smash it. The bit of I'm do that salt as well. I just scull that straight away. Oh, I'm lucky. I've got a really good blender. I've got a Vitamix. If I had to take one thing out of my house with me, it would be that blender because yeah. I use it twice a day, every single day. Yeah, right. So that's what I do. I drag my feet out of bed. I, I blend up the spinach, carrot, and um, orange juice. Scull that. And then I wash that out and get it ready for my next sort of shakes. 
while I'm doing that, I'll be cooking. I'll turn the pan on and I'll cook um, either my fish and spinach or my steak and spinach. So essentially you're having a bag of spinach every morning. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of it. Plus, yeah. Yeah, so spinach, spinach is like my go-to green. Um, and then my next shake, which, yeah, they you, you like, is um, I actually, the night before, I'll crack and cook 15 eggs. Um, I just scramble them. So, and I just cook them in the microwave. I probably shouldn't. I'd rather cook them, but time poor. Uh, then I put it in the fridge. So that in the morning I wake up, the eggs are there. They're just in a glass container. I chuck that. So after I've cleaned out the blender from the first spinach shake, I'll clean that out and then I'll throw the eggs in, three scoops of protein, um, tub of cottage cheese, two frozen bananas, handful of blueberries, more spinach, a um, little bit of honey, a little bit of peanut butter. Blast that. And that's enough to make three shakes. Yeah. Um, and it's just been a bit of a hack that I've gotten into over the years because the I'm time in. poor yeah. and I need yeah. So I, you know, I try and consume about 6,000 calories a day. So that goes a long way in helping that. Now, if you divide that over say three meals, that would be me sitting down to eat five eggs, some spinach, some blueberries, some banana, yeah, yeah. Um, some cottage cheese. So that, that would be a very nutrient dense, healthy meal. Yeah. I just prefer to blend it all up together and just scull it. It doesn't taste bad at all. Um, and then there's basically my three and free plan. So I have, you know, my breakfast in the morning, I have my shake, and then I have um, basically like a mash, like just um, mince and, and rice, just a very simple protein and carbohydrate based sort of lunch. Yeah. Then after I've gotten those dense nutrients into me, I am quite happy and satisfied to eat whatever the hell I want for the rest of the day which is usually I'll just get home from work and I'll have, not every night I'll have a pizza or something, but do you know what I mean? Dude, like, I haven't had pizza in so fucking long. Pizza's my go-to. I'm kind of craving pizza now. I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not I don't, a good cook, dude. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a terrible cook. So I'll I'll eat out most nights. I've got to swing a shout out to Fat Chicken in um, in Burley. Oh, where oh, are they? Oh, man. So near my place, sort of uh, West Burley. Yeah. They were voted um, best chips on the Gold Coast. Really? And they, they are, man. They're the best. And What else are they there? Well, like all chicken. So they just do roast whole chicken. Oh, like a rotisserie sort yeah, of joint. Yeah, yeah man. Okay. Just the best. What do they call um, again? Fat chicken. Fat chicken. In West Burley. All oh, right, that Yeah, because I'll for sure forget. Yeah, hit up Paulie. He's the best. And uh, he chicken. makes me like chicken wings and stuff. And oh, man. <laughs> that, that'll that be like my go-to for dinner. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. going to go suss them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I reckon, uh, yeah, next week I don't have to go anywhere. That's my big thing is I've just like been going a lot of places. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely starting to think more and more about the, the training side of it. And I think nutrition-wise, I do pretty well. Like eating, I never, you know, like to the, the other thing is I always eat leftovers. Mm. So I'm very rarely doing like a shit meal. Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty much always eating well. Yeah. Um, but I think that I could probably do the shakes a little bit better just to get a little bit more um, in. And then the biggest thing I struggle with is dehydration. Like I was literally in hospital Saturday. Cause oh, I mate, I have the best product ever. Really? Yeah. Element, L-M-N-T. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, they're called Drink Element. Um, I have never had a product. So mark my words, uh, sodium is going to be the next big performance enhancer. You remember when like Gatorade and Powerade sort yeah. of came out and it was all about carbohydrates? Well, you know, they're not addressing your electrolyte needs. So, well, sodium is what 
basically well, sucks the water and keeps the water in your system well, right what, when you're like when performance wise and, and when you're thirsty like you're craving electrolytes not just water on yeah. its own not just and certainly not carbohydrates and this company have basically taken all the science and research that everyone's been reading over the last few years and they've combined sodium with magnesium um and and basically just a little tear, tear packet and you just tip it into your water and the best sort of um, evidence that I had that it was a really good product was I go, you know, I go out camping and dirt bike riding yeah. and I do that over a whole weekend. So I'll ride Friday afternoon, ride Saturday morning, ride Saturday afternoon, ride Sunday morning. Then I've got to pack up and go home. Well, when I get home, I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, as you know, it's hard, right? Yeah. Hard work riding dirt bikes. Um, and I'll be exhausted. Well, after this weekend and I had that product and I probably drank, I had like two sachets a day. I remember I was putting my bike away and because I remember how much it sucks when I put my bike away. I'm always dragging yeah, my like feet. Cramping and, up and shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, holy shit, I feel so good. I feel like I wasn't even out. And the only difference was, was this Element product. Um, so I am a massive fan. I mean, I'm not endorsed by them or anything, but um, I'm a massive fan of that product. Yeah, 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 D- yeah. All right. Well, that, that's my that's my biggest thing. Like, I literally I was in hospital Saturday because I got dehydrated, and with my kidney being the way that it is, once I got to a certain point of dehydration, I just start vomiting. Yeah, right. And then I was like, I got out. So I went for a surf Sunday, and then I was in there, and like my back was cramping, my shoulders were cramping, and I felt like dizzy. I just I felt it was fucking sketchy. And then I was like, all right, I'm going in. I walked in. As soon as I got to the beach, I started throwing up. Oh, wow. I was like, fuck. And then I, I had a, I woke up with a headache, which is also a sign that I'm not drinking enough yeah. water. But all week I felt shit, but I was just, I was fucking busy and I was stressed all week. And I just didn't think about water Didn't recognize all. that you went I just to, didn't yeah. really think of the symptoms. And yeah. then, yeah, like I just my mind was on so much other shit that I literally made myself sick. Yeah. So then anyway, I get home from surfing and it's just like throw up, throw up, throw up. Ricky had to go. Especially to, how much you sweat during jujitsu and stuff as that, well. And that's the problem. I've got to get you some of these sachets. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll look them up. Yeah. 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 But, um, and, and I just, I've struggled to just drink straight water, but, um, anyway, so like I was thrown up and then by the time Ricky got home, I was fucked, bro. I couldn't even stand up properly. Like my back and, abs and stuff were so cramped yeah that i couldn't i was like struggling to breathe and i couldn't even stand up properly Fuck. so then i went in a couple of bags of fluid and some um anti-nausea stuff so i could stop vomiting Whoa. but like that's how dehydrated i got that's so, bad yeah that's bad. bad you probably took away a couple of years doing that dude for real yeah like they run some tests and they're like oh it's not your kidney's not all the way good now yeah so like that's my biggest thing i need to i need help with i mean I don't need help. I just need to fucking drink water. But yeah, there's, I, I need to have some a product that makes me drink water easier and like helps me out. So I'll definitely look them up. Yeah. But um, dude, this was a way better podcast than the first one, and that's my fault, not yours. I was, okay. I wasn't. I just, I don't know. I wasn't fucking. Yeah. Anyway, the stresses of it all. But um, I'm really glad that you uh, made the time to come back. And yeah, thanks, man. Um, I think we covered everything and more that we uh didn't cover you think we covered all, everything well we have to within three hours man yeah. i've got nothing left to tell <laughs> yeah. all right well um yeah i'll talk to you real soon and Thanks, uh, we'll bro. put this out i'm literally gonna put this out right now cool sweet bro cheers man